now, don't I? This is the Black Rifle Coffee Podcast. Hey guys, quick disclaimer on this week's episode. We recorded this while on a hunt with Evan in his trailer. The table they're sitting around does come through a few times when bumped in the audio. We just wanted to give you guys a heads up, but we didn't want you guys to miss out on this great conversation. Enjoy the show. So you go by what handle on Instagram? The Bugler, one word. For what reason? Because I like to bugle. You like to bugle? I like to bugle. I know you do. So a couple- I'm not talking about a brass bugle. No, no I don't no. play tap. <laughs> it's not like a German <laughs> horn. No. We're 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 talking about something completely different. Pre-cola. <laughs> we're talking about something completely different. So, the bugler. How long? And I don't want to refer to you as that specifically. Right, right. But how long? Have you been doing this? And what's the fascination with it? And like, give us the why behind why you're so fascinated with this and like what drives you to be good at it. Um, so I started calling elk when I was 15 years old. Right. Um, I had a cousin that said, yeah, you can, you can bugle these elk in. And, uh, back then he would kind of suck in and make a screaming noise in his voice, uh, with his voice inside of like a old PVC can pipe. You mi- can you mimic that? Uh, when I do it, I sound like I'm calling hogs, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> Did he ever? Did he ever get lucky? Uh, I think he did. I mean, yeah? he said he did, but yeah. I don't. I don't know if he did or not. That actually sounds better than what you vehicle today. I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You should go back. Absolutely. To that. And you and I go back how many years? Um, I don't know since birth. I yeah, forty five. So to be fair, Dirk is my cousin, and uh, we've known each other forever. We grew grew up very close to one another for the first five years. And I moved to Lewiston. Uh, he was up in Weeye all your life, right? Yeah. Most all my life. Yeah. Uh, out in the middle of rural Idaho and Mark, we've known each other since we were kids because our families were really close. Your mom, my mom were very close when you grew up in what Pierce. Yeah. A little town called Cardiff. Yeah. And then Lewiston. And then Lewiston. Yeah. And then did you guys, you guys moved back. We moved back. I moved back my junior year. Okay, that's yeah. right. You had to finish it off. I had to finish sure. it off, yeah. yeah. Unfinished business. And we were talking earlier about like just what it was like, not really what it was like, but growing up in rural northern Idaho, it was a very, very special place. And I didn't understand that because you take everything for granted as a kid where you think wherever you grew up is not as cool as the other places I don't know if you guys thought that. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, oh, well, other places must be so cool. And it took me a long time in a lot of different places to realize that where we grew up was fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. and, and we were like so lucky to have had that experience of growing up in that place. Oh, yeah. Just the people, you know, that the small towns and the people and the, the, what they were doing for recreation, what they were doing for work. Like everybody was, I, I don't want to like paint it in a totally romantic light cause it wasn't always amazing, but um, it took me a long time. I, I say, you know, I left Idaho uh, when I was 22 and so that was 23 years ago. So I left Idaho 23 years ago. I've been, I've, I've been spending 22 years trying to get back. Uh, so that's how special of a place is. And, you know, Dirk has been hunting these animals probably since 
day since, one, right? Since I was 15 years old, yeah. right? Was your dad, I can't remember, was your dad a big elk hunter? He was, he yeah. was, when he was a young man. My dad was 50 when he when I was born, so he was well, an old fart. story is super interesting, by the yeah. way, which I think is, like, applicable, is your dad, like, tell us about your dad, because I think it's, one, he, it, fucking amazing. Yeah. And tell us about your dad. So, he grew up in the Great Depression, yeah. back in Illinois, you know, um, tiny little town in Illinois, dirt poor, I mean his dad worked all summer long for a hundred dollars. Like it was that poor. They, he said one time they were really hard up for food and they ate rutabagas for like well, two I don't weeks. even know what that is. I don't even what know. That that I don't know. I, I don't thought know that was either. a car. And, and he finally said, he, he was like, he was a, he was like five. And he's like, I'm sick of these damn rutabagas. And his dad's like, I kind of like them, but he, he knew damn well. His dad didn't like them, but that's what they had to eat or they'd starve to death basically. So, then fast forward and uh, World War II comes along. Right. And he knew he'd get drafted anyway. So he just went and signed up. So joined the Marine Corps. Yep. And he went to the Pacific Theater and saw everything that you could possibly see yeah. in the Pacific. Um, he was on Iwo Jima. Yep. Um, he said, seeing the guys raise the flag on Iwo Jima, um, he said it was, it was a rough, a rough go. Yeah. And I didn't understand that your dad the last time that I talked to him was before I went to Iraq and it was at my, my dad's wedding. Mm -hmm. was, my dad was getting married and he'd, he'd come to the wedding and we were, I was telling him, you know, what I was doing and where I was going or whatever. And he's like, you know what you need? You need a good knife for killing and digging or something. Like, it's like crazy. <laughs> I was like, geez, man, like I'm just talking about like going to be green beret or whatever, yeah. you know? And he's like, good knife you can dig with it you can kill with it or whatever and I was like, it's solid advice it's really that good is, advice yeah, yeah. but and it wasn't exactly that but that's what i remember is yeah, the frame right. of reference because he's also a very very nice nice man is what i remember yeah and um but he talked to me for a long time about how a good knife is a really quality thing to have and uh and i just remember that conversation for for like for so long <laughs> did he ever talk did he ever talk about it yeah he talked he about did. it well uh we would ne we could never watch any war films right we couldn't play army mm -hmm. um i think those things just triggered his ptsd right you know so he just would not allow that kind of stuff in the house but he would talk about it anytime um any of my brother's friends wanted to enlist in whatever branch of the military then he'd say hey come, come talk to me and he'd tell them all of the war stories right you know what it was like of jumping out of the boat and running up on beaches and dodging bullets and shooting back and all the horrors that go with war you know yeah you want to make sure they knew what they're getting into you know because sometimes um it's not always spun, you know, you, no. you see the, the cool shit, but you don't see the kind of the, the guts of it. You know, you see the glory, but maybe not the guts of the whole thing. So that's powerful. Yeah. <clears throat> so it's crazy. Well, how did, how did he find his way to Idaho? So uh, right after the war, come yeah. back, his sister lived in, in California, in Los okay. Angeles. Well, my dad was a country boy anyway, moved to Los Angeles and you know, they call it being shell shock back then. He, I think he was, you know, had a lot of PTSD and, he, you know, Los Angeles was not the place to be. Too way too many people, no, no. and he had some relatives that moved to Idaho, and they were telling him about it. And they're like, "Oh my God, it's amazing! It's it's a beautiful paradise. You know, there's elk and deer, and 
streams with fish and, you know, just kind of told, told all about it. And he's like, man, that sounds like a place for me. Right. So him and his brother moved up there to uh, the little town of Weeite. Yeah. You know, just. Did they just pick it randomly? Were they like, Weeite? Well, that's where their relatives did. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So they're like, well, we're going up there too. And he said it was amazing. He said there, there were more bears. They, they would see bears all the time, like right. crossing the road. He said, there were more bears than people. There was just the land of plenty. Just Wait, what year did he get up there? Like right after World War II, like 46, I think like, 47, something I like that? I think probably 46. Yeah, I think it was about a year after he got out. Right. That's So he had a frame of reference of that time that like not a lot of people really understood. Like my grandpa... You, and you remember him, Whitey. Yeah. Like I used to always have these like conversations with him because he was in a B-24 Liberator in World War II and he would talk a little bit about it, not yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. But, you know, my grandpa Whitey was like a super fun guy. Like I fucking still to this day, mm-hmm. I would say a lot of my personality traits actually come from my grandpa Whitey because he was, uh, he loved practical jokes. Yeah. He was fucking hilarious. Like he was he super was. fun. Yeah, he was yeah. super funny. And I didn't know that your dad was in World War II until like quite a lot later in yeah. life. I didn't realize it because, you know, you and I are not too far apart in age. Yep. And it just never dawned on me that, you know, you, he would have a, a younger family, I guess. Yeah. Because your oldest sibling, uh, how old How old was your my oldest brother can't he's i think he's eight years older than me okay yeah yeah so he started his family what he started his family in his 40s really yeah he had a he had had a previous marriage it didn't work out yeah and then um he uh robbed the cradle my mom you know she was right out of high school (laughs) 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 and uh you know i think there she was 14 years younger than him yeah and they they started a family and you know the rest is the rest history. is history. You what know? did he do? Like, what, what did he do to pay the bills? Was he was he logging or was he? So doing? he started out uh, doing logging. Yeah. Um, him and his brother had a mill for a while, and had a bad spring, couldn't get wood, and had went bankrupt, and then went back to logging, and then eventually he got a job with Potlatch yeah. up at up in headquarters, right? Um, working being a mechanic, yeah. heavy duty diesel mechanic. So he worked on skidders, log um, log skidders, um, cats. Right, you know anything that was any you know, of the big off-road yeah. diesel stuff. He didn't. Didn't you guys move to a foreign country? Do a little we moved to a little foreign country yeah. out in the South Pacific for out about a month. Are you kidding me? No, I didn't know that. No, yeah. What yeah. year was that? Eighty-six. And what was he okay. doing then? Same thing. Same oh, thing. Okay. He got this okay. job. These people like, yeah, we own this huge, you know, international company that builds roads, and we get to this little town. It's called Rota, which is right off of Guam. Okay. So tiny little island and part of World War II reparations, they've been rebuilding the the road system there. Right. They've been working on paving this road for like seven years before we got there. And it was like a 12 mile, 12, 12 mile stretch of road. It was like some kind of a, you know, kind of a scam really. The government. <laughs> but we got there and the guy's like, yeah, we got all this equipment and stuff. And we get there and their equipment was junk. Wouldn't hardly run. Didn't even have a, a shop, didn't have any tools to fix it. And he's just like, what? So he's like, okay, I need these tools. I need these parts. I need all this stuff. Okay, okay, we'll order it. And we're there about a month. And one day he comes home from work. It's actually the day the space shuttle blew up, right? 1985. Yeah, the Challenger. Yeah. Yep. 
and he's like, man, I got news. I'm like, I know the space shuttle blew up. He's like, no, we're going home. Boss came in and said, Hey man, I'm really sorry. But the old mechanic, he came back, which was his brother-in-law. I guess his brother-in-law had a bad habit of like disappearing for a a week or two, island hopping, getting drunk and stuff. And he hadn't been back for over a month. And they're like, maybe he died. We didn't have, they hadn't heard from him. So they hired my dad. Anyway, he's like, well, I got to give my brother, my brother-in-law's job back. He's like, all right, well, we'll go back to Weipe. So we loaded back up on a plane and headed home. That's, that's a wild story. I had no idea. So first time on the podcast, I learned something new. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. And he was like, he was always in the woods basically. Right? Yeah. 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 Always in the always woods. woods. And your dad too, Mark, like, mm-hmm. cause my dad was a log truck driver for the most part and, um, logging truck and your dad, what, what did he do? So he, <clears throat> he started out hooking at yeah. a young age. And then he went to run and loader and, and then log truck driving too. So, right. Yep. And what I remember, and you guys can like, of course, correct me on this, but what I remember of my childhood was like, especially when I was out in the truck with my dad, it was all, we were always in the, in the mountains, right. Or the, the woods, mm-hmm. right. I don't know if you'd call them relatively mountains, but you're always in the woods and like, like there's things that always key a memory in my childhood which is uh chainsaws like it's like that smell no chainsaw like, smoke yeah. yeah 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 it it like instantly the smell of sawdust yeah sawdust yeah. and like sawdust on denim because you know when my dad would come home i'd give him a hug or something like that and i remember like the you know the fuel and the sawdust and like yeah what it like giving him a hug from a kid. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. like we're talking like knee high. Mm-hmm. Not, not How about like, the old lunchbox and the Stan- yeah, Stanley Thermos? Yeah. The Stanley yeah, Thermos. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, I remember yeah. like, you know, the, the coffee company and the connection. Cause I, I had all these like really cool memories of like my grandpa Whitey and my dad, and they had that Stanley Thermos and it would just be rolling around. Yeah. Beat to hell. Beat to shit. <laughs> you know, it was yeah. like all the paint had been worn off of it, you know, and you had that, 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 chrome um plated cup that you'd screw yep, off yep, the top yep. and you'd pop the, the yeah plastic that's what you drink your coffee out yeah, of yeah. yeah yeah and uh that was the first cup of coffee i ever had was from one of those stanley thermoses in my dad's yeah. in my dad's logging truck and do you guys remember uh barry bailey oh yeah yeah. yeah yeah so the first chew of copenhagen i ever had was barry bailey <laughs> barry. i was riding around in his logging yeah. truck i was probably like five years old yeah and he was putting in a dip and i was like hey can i have some of that and he was like yeah so he busted me over into the truck and i was driving the truck so he was like had me on his lap (laughs) and i was driving his truck and he was like you want some copenhagen (laughs) it's like yeah i'll take some of that so i was like putting in some copenhagen and driving the logging truck i yeah you puked all over probably oh fuck dude well i remember getting so dizzy that i like almost like fell over or whatever and i spit it all out because i was Gosh, man, I could not. I was not over five years old at that point. He <laughs> gave me a dip of Copenhagen. Oh, what the fuck is he thinking? <laughs> right. Like, right. Would any one of us give a five-year-old a dip of Copenhagen Absolutely right now? Not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> not. No chance in hell would we ever do that. And But what'd your dad do to him? I mean, nothing. maybe he's getting back like, well, that damn Ed, yeah. he one time he did this. <laughs> I'll get back and give his kid some chew. Didn't ever do. Like, no. No, because I think it was more like standard protocol. Yeah, I, I remember that's true. Like, 
I remember my grandpa, and he would be drinking like Jim Beam or something, you know. I'm like, you want a nip? I'm like, yeah, sure. And he didn't really drink a lot. Nobody in my family actually drank a lot. But yeah. I was like, I'd see him like tipping it in every now and again and like, you know, drinking a little bit. But he'd give me a nip. Um, but I remember the where how I grew up. And I, I would imagine it's very similar because we share like families and mm-hmm. like my grandpa used to like dump me off and like he would dump me off on like one ridge line and then he'd be like just walk in that direction I'm gonna meet you on the other side while he was like using <laughs> me to flush whatever he was trying to hunt the elk or deer yeah yeah yeah, yeah. whatever he was yeah. hunting it was like using me he's like he dropped me off so on the corner and something he'd be like drop me off here he's like just keep walking in that direction let you bird dog for him yep yeah and and then i'd be flushing the deer out for him or <laughs> at that time so he could fucking plug whatever comes running out and yeah. once again i was not over the age of nine and like this is i remember it distinctly even where it was so above uh what is it? Ford's Creek. Yeah. The falls up there. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So in behind, in behind the wee eye, yeah, there's the, a couple logging roads out there Yep. and he would dump me off. And I remember because he used to always go back there and whether it was in season or out, I don't think it was really mattered at that point. <laughs> and, uh, and I remember exactly where it was because my cousin Danny and I used to go down there and, and, um, go down to the falls and oh, fuck around. Yeah. Or whatever. Cool place. Yeah. It's a super cool place. But you guys grew up, and I will say this, like, you guys were hunting early on, like, way more than I was. And then it stayed with you, like, into adulthood, and you guys, like, took it really fucking serious. Yeah. Like, very, very serious. Like, yeah. I remember that distinctly. So, Mark and I go way, like, way back, too, and you remember, you were probably maybe 14 what was your didn't you get like a, a was it a sika uh not sika is that like a what like, was your first like hunting rifle that you got like i don't even remember it was um god damn it a we- i had a weatherby yeah it was a weatherby yeah yeah it was a weatherby because didn't it have a composite stock on your first one or Something uh, like that. Your dad that, bought it for you for like Christmas. I, that was a Ruger. Was it? Yeah, yeah. there's a Ruger. Yeah, That's remember right, they had, had those. Stock. Yeah, they had. There was a stainless steel yeah. Ruger. Had kind of that skeletonized. Yeah. Composite stock. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kick like a mule. Yeah, I and yeah. Uh, I remember that because yep. that was either Christmas or your birthday. I can't remember yep. what it was. I can't remember either. But and he just lived like not too far down down the street from me and and i was like so fucking envious man i was like oh yeah. my god that thing is awesome and uh because we were shooting black powder that was like the thing that my like grandpa and everybody else shot we were shooting black powder and you had like a badass new hunting rifle and i was like man that's fucking awesome and i couldn't hit shit with it really no no it's horrible man <laughs> yeah. i got rid of it because everything i shot at i missed really? it was the gun's fault right yeah of course yeah always. it's never <laughs> yeah. operator error. yeah no never. It's no. always like equipment yeah. malfunction, but your dads took hunting really serious. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. they were serious guys. Our whole family did. Yeah. So we grew, I grew up in a whole family that hunted mm-hmm. from a time I can remember, um, aunts, uncles. It was just a, it was a family thing. You go out and build a campfire and, and do like you said, we drive from one road to the next, everybody pick a ridge and there'd be freaking 10 people going down through this section, chasing elk everywhere. 
you know, shots being fired. Like it was, it was a family event, yeah. like every fall. Like, so, I mean, yeah, we, I don't know anything different. That's just what we did. But your and dad, he was in archery early. Him and yeah. my uncle, Randy. Yeah. Randy Anderson. Yeah. Yeah. They, they were into that archery. So even as a little kid, we got bugle bowls, right? And, uh, Randy could do the voice thing really well, a little oh, piece yeah. of pipe. And then they had a whistle. They'd blow a little curly cue whistle, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, all kinds of gadgets. But just the stories of them archery hunting, I mean, I, they'd just lose their shit, I think. The bulls would come screaming in, yeah. and I don't think they remember anything after that, well, other than you, they didn't have an elk to take home. <laughs> well, I was thinking yeah. about that when we were talking earlier, was because I grew up with stories about how many elk there were in where we lived like all you know from like the 40s and the 50s yeah. and the 60s and i think you guys probably did too they it seemed like there were like thousands of opportunities right it just oh, seemed yeah. like there were so many different opportunities and that's one of the reasons why i think this place is super cool because there's a lot of opportunities it actually oh, yeah. mm -hmm. it, rem it reminds me of the stories that i used to hear from like my grandpa and my uncle and all those guys about where we used to grow where we grew up yeah when you first started in in archery why like like one why archery for both of you and then how like because was your dad into archery again no no my dad my dad's like them damn bow hunters he didn't like bow hunting he, at all he didn't like it. you know that you go to work and hear the guys talk i found an elk with an arrow in it right, right. damn bow hunters whatever but uh for i made up the, my mind i was gonna be a bow hunter uh when i was 14 i I'd been seeing bear tracks along this old pond. Right. And I'm like, I'm going to set up a bear bait. I'm going to get this bear. And looking back now, I don't even think you're supposed to put like bait, bear bait next to a, a water source. Right. That's illegal. I didn't, we, I didn't know I was yeah. 14 years old. Anyway, I, <laughs> that was illegal. Number one, number Statue two, limitations. Yeah. Up, I think, I think, I think, I think so. Number two, I had a bunch of fish heads and fish skeletons I'd saved up and they were nasty and gross. I'm like, Oh yeah, this will draw a bear head for sure. So I put them on there. I don't think you're supposed to use nah, it's not legal fish. That's <laughs> yeah, it's not legal. I didn't know. But <laughs> you know, at that kid. time you were around we ipes. So it's we ipes. I think yeah. legal. That's how they did things, right? <laughs> so I set up this bear bait, and I'm sitting on this pond, and had my dad drop me off. 14 years old, hour before daylight, dropped me off, and a mile from this place, he's like, "All right, I'll see you at noon." Drops me off. I walk up there with a rifle, sit down by a big old pine tree, and I'm waiting for daylight. Pretty soon, daylight comes, and I hear some popping, some brush popping. I'm like, "Here we go. Here comes that bear. I'm gonna get him." And out walks elk. Uh, like three cows in a bowl. They go over, get a drink, play around the water a little bit. And I'm just like, oh my God, today's opening day of archery season. And here I am without a bow. I have a bow at home, but I don't have any damn arrows. I have like a wooden arrow and I have like a, an aluminum arrow that's kind of crooked. And I mean, I had just a shit, shit show for a bow, right? right? I'm like, oh my God, this thing was like 20 yards. These things were like 20 yards from me. It would have been totally easy to kill one with a, a bow. So they left and man, I just, I, that's all I can think about now. So when I, my dad gets there, he picks me up at noon. You'll never believe what I saw. And I tell him about it. I'm like, okay, here's what we're doing. We're going to we're drive Norfino and we're going to go to the sporting goods store. And we're going to buy some arrows and some broadheads and <laughs> la, la, la. And, a, and an elk tag. He's like, no, we're not. <laughs> I said, why? He's like, you can't kill an elk with a bow. I'm like, yes, you can. People do it all the time. And he's like, no. 
you know, you, you don't need to be one of them damn bow hunters. So I said, <laughs> yeah. well, I'm gonna, well, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to, he's like, what are you going to buy it with? I said, he's like, you don't have any money. I'm like, well, you're right. Yeah. I don't have no money. I'm a 14 year old kid. So the next summer I worked all summer long, saved all my money. I went and bucked bales, put, put hay up all over the, the prairie oh, up yeah. there. Right. Worked like a dog and uh, saved all my money. I, I think I had about 500 bucks. Blew it all on, on a new bow, arrows, some camo, everything. Elk calls, had everything I needed. My dad's like, well, you're pretty serious about this, <laughs> huh? He's like, well, if you kill an elk, then I'll tell you what. A bull elk, I will right. I will pay you back for the money you put into that. I'm like, deal. So practice with calls all summer. And uh, I, I think I was kind of natural. I kind of took off yeah. you know, pretty good with it. Um, Opening day come along and I had some close encounters. Day two, my best friend, he came back to the truck with no arrows in his quiver. He shot at like six different elk and missed every single one of them. I mean, it was that good a hunt. And we're right. we're just a couple dumb kids. We couldn't we couldn't call that good, I don't think. And by the third day, then I had to go by myself. My buddy got in trouble from his old man for being lippy, so he got grounded. So my mom and, and I was fifteen. I didn't have a driver's license, so right. my mom had to take me out and drew. And she's like, well, I think I'll wait. I want to listen. So we'd seen some elk in a field. And we pull over the truck and I get out and I start walking down this old logging road. I bugle and bull bugles back. And I bugle and and uh, we're going back and forth. And I'd watch some videos, but they didn't. Where did you where did you watch the video? Well, I had a, I had a high school teacher and he had like a VHS tape with like seven hours of elk hunting videos. He oh, gave me. okay. And so it had Larry D. Jones and all those old guys that that hunted bow hunted and filmed back then. Right. So I kind of had a little idea about how to do it. I'd read a book. Dwight Shue had wrote a book back in the day about how to, uh, how to bow hunt elk. And, uh, so people back and forth with this, with this bull. And in my mind, I, I've just, it, I, I, I kind of understood. I, it made sense to me. I mean, I'm trying to fight this elk. I want to, I want to, I want to fight this elk. Right. Right. So you got to role play a little bit. Um, yeah. I'm getting it. <laughs> I'm role playing. So, Keep going. <laughs> so you got to role play a little bit here and um, act like an elk, right? So in my mind, I'm like, I'll just act like an elk. I'm going to act like a pissed off bull elk. And I'm going to act like I have some cows because I think they want to breed. So they'll probably want to come over and fight me for my cows. So this is what I did. Just back and forth calling. So and, you're, uh, hold on. So you're thinking about this stuff when you're 15, 15 years old. Yeah. You're thinking, I get this. I'm trying to get into the psychology of an elk right? at 15 years old. Right. It made sense to me. I don't know why. So I'm walking down this old road and there's a road grader. They've been logging right there. And there's a road grader park. I'm like, I got to get by this stupid road grader. This thing, that bull's not going to come in and be able to see a road grader right. and not be scared. Well, I got about 20 yards from that road grader and I hear brush pop. And I'm like, oh man, I got to set up right here. So I set up, his bull walks out right in this old road, this old logging road pull back my bow, whack, shoot him 15 yards. He runs off, dies about 150 yards later. I'm like, Oh my God. So I go back to the truck. Mom, mom, I got one. She's like, yeah, I heard, heard the whole thing. I couldn't tell which was you or the elk. I'm like, eh, <laughs> she's probably just trying to be nice. Right. I'm sure she could. But anyway, so she went back to town, got my dad. She walked in the house and said, get your come along and your four in your 500 bucks. Dirt killed a bull elk. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, he didn't. She's like, yeah, I'm serious. Get your shit. 
So he came out there with an old, old beater wood truck. Yeah. And we loaded that sucker whole with a come along. Oh, right? I remember that. I remember and that truck. loaded that thing whole. And uh, I don't think he had a, had a prouder day. I mean, that was probably oh my God, yeah. proudest day as a father, you know? Yeah. And um, so ever since I was hooked, I'm like, I fooled a wild animal to think I'm another wild animal. Right. It was so much fun. And from that day on, I'm, I'm just... I, I found the greatest thing that you could possibly do. I mean, that is the funnest thing ever. So I just kind of stuck with it. And then honestly, you know, a lot of people are good at a lot of things. Yeah. I'm not good at a lot of things, but <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty good at calling elk. So, yeah. And we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit later. So thinking back to when you were 15, what were you using? What was your setup? So there was a company called Loman. Okay. And it had this, uh, had this look like a vacuum cleaner hose tube. And then it had a little wooden dowel that was yeah. turned down with a small hole in it. And, uh, that's what the, that was the tube I used. Right. And then a diaphragm they had, they had like a 20, 22 a and a 22 B. I think I like the 22 B. Right. I think, you I mean, this is, memory. this is 30 oh, years ago, geez. but, uh, anyway, man, I love those calls. And my best friend, who's my brother-in-law now, he, uh, he, he, he chose a different kind of tube, a different kind of, some different calls, but then he, he kind of come over the same calls I did. And, um, uh, Anyway, it just kind of went from there. Just what was your bow? Uh, I had a High Country Trophy Hunter. Okay. Yeah, it was a it was their demo model off the floor, and right. the guy's like, "Ah, eh, you're a kid. I'll I'll make you a good deal on this thing." Did they like measure draw length? And, yeah. Like they did the whole thing. They did the whole thing. Right, right. They did right. the whole thing. I said, I don't know anything about this, but right. I heard you guys got the best bows there are. And right. that was in Lewiston. And that was in right. Lewiston. They were built. Yeah, they, they had a pretty right cool building. building. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, shooting yeah. range in there and everything. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. they. Yeah, that was that was. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. So they they adjusted it, set it up, and I shot it in the indoor range. I'm like, oh yeah, that that's cool. And they're like, cool. So they built me the arrows, everything right then and there. What about like, what? So you're using a. Uh, wrist strap release yep a scott release okay which i used for about 25 years shut up no shit yeah i did i used the it for same about, one same one yeah for about 25 years and finally it, it started getting gummy so like when you try to <laughs> finally after 25 yeah. years this <laughs> thing I, I had one of those too one of those gummy. caliper releases yep, and might end up getting a burr strap. on it or something because it started yeah. ripping my well, string oh well, mine started getting kind of like that too, but then it then it started hanging up, and I think I'd let, got it wet too many times, and it was, oh, it was okay. a little bit rusty in there. So I bought a brand new one. So I still got. So I bought a brand new one here a few years ago. Same one I got today. It's all same up too. one. Yeah. Well, why? It works why fine. change? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It works fine. Seems like they get better with age. Yeah. I don't know what mine. it is. Just yeah. like smooth out. Yeah. Yeah. Buff out all the and I've, you know, these guys are spending three hundred dollars on a on a you know these these tension. Yeah, yeah. You know, back tension releases. Right, right. And I bought the cheapest damn thing. This thing was like 35 bucks, this last one. I think I paid 25 for the first one. Are you one. serious? Yeah, I'm dead serious. Holy so. shit. And so your broadhead, what was what was on your broadhead? Thunderheads. Thunderheads. 125s, yeah. Okay. Um, aluminum arrows, Easton XX75 yeah, yeah. arrows. They had an overdraw on the bow. Okay. That was kind of the new thing, the new right. fad. Mm -hmm. And my arrows were 25 fucking inches long 20 25 do you remember long. pounds 80 60, shit 80 pounds 60 percent let off i don't that's no fucking that's no joke yeah there's no joke year old. yeah i hey i i bucked bales all summer yeah, long in the fair. hayfield yeah, so yeah, i was yeah, that's fair yeah, that yeah. was pretty strong yeah um and that thing shot i think it shot pretty fast for the time you know what do you think um, it shot what do you think feet per second i think it's probably 280 Okay. I think it was right up there with yeah. the stuff I shoot today. Right. But now we got carbon arrows and yeah. the coolest, you know, shit there is. But 
Um, do you had, remember? Had wheels about that big, probably. Like tiny. They were, they were pretty they were big. Pretty good size. Do you remember um, where you shot it? Where I impacted yeah, where, it? Where, where was the arrow? This is funny. So I, I hit it pretty high in the lungs, uh-huh. and I shot a bull elk last night. And with the exit wound, I said to Mark, I said, huh, that's about where I shot that first bull elk I ever shot right there, right in that same spot. So high lungs. Yeah. High was lungs. he quartering away towards like. He was pretty f- perfectly broadside. Okay. Nice. The, the first one. The yeah. one I shot last night was, he was a little quartered towards me. So. Okay. And then. Like, so you got your setup. You're 15. You, do you even know how to break down an animal? Um, I'd. I'd killed a few deer at that point right. and, and gutted them. Okay. So I knew what to do, but my dad right. got there and helped me, you know, he just, gut he just it. did it. Yeah. Well, he, he, he helped you. He told me how to do it. He's like, okay. you're going to do this yourself. Solid. So, so I gutted it, we loaded a hole and we took it to the taxidermy shop in, um, in Pierce. Okay. Old hoots taxidermy. Yeah, yeah. Cause we didn't have a, like a meat pole big enough to hang an entire goddamn elk. Right. So we, uh, we, we drive up there and skin this thing on his meat pole, give the guy that cape. And the guy's like, you know, that's a pretty nice bull. You should probably get a head mount. And my dad's like, yeah, you want to get a head mount? And I'm like, I know our situation, our financial right, situation. Yeah. We're not destitute, but we don't have a bunch of another extra 500 bucks at the right. time. to just be throwing around on head mounts. So I'm like, no, no, I'm good. I'll just let's whack the horns off. So I gave the, the cape to the taxidermist. And What'd and you do with the horns? I still got them. Where at? at my house where but do you hang them up or i have i have in the past i, yeah. I, I kind of broke the plaque so okay um i got them in my little shed right now is it one of those um like the felt is it like the it antlers had, with the felt the what, what are those things called yeah what like a it? plaque mount just a oh, plaque yeah, plaque yeah. Mount. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah so when i was a freshman in high school um no no not freshman so i was a sophomore in high school i shot this so in shop class we were a lot of the kids were making plaques to put yeah. deer and elk antlers on. Yeah, so yeah. I, I made one out of, um, out of, uh, walnut, okay. a real beautiful yeah, yeah. Wall, piece of walnut. And I, and I put some putty on the skull plate and I put purple velvet. Sweet. Right over <laughs> it. Purple velvet. And some gold rope around Fuck the ba- yeah. bases. It was, <laughs> it was cool as shit. Is it still the same? No, it fell off the wall once uh, and uh, kind of broke some of this. It didn't break the rack, but it broke some of the shit off. And right, after yeah. that, I just kind of hung it in the rafters with the rest of them. So, man, that's, that's like iconic though. Yeah. Like you're 15 years old. Like you had to be kind of a fucking legend at that point. Well, the kids probably didn't like me for right. that. Like, oh yeah got an elk lucky or whatever but because I, I was there anybody else that was your age that got an elk not too many of? not too many there's no. there's a couple there's some kids at school that they're, they're, their dads or whatever bow hunted and, right. and they'd got an elk too but right um my dad didn't bow hunt he's like if you want to do this and you're gonna have to pedal your own bicycle right i'm not gonna help you so i mean it's it seems like because back back then did it drive other guys that you know to go out and try it though? Yeah, there was a couple classmates, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know that that really wanted to get into it, to it too. And we went hunting and stuff. Um, well, I think that's like, I think that's one of the most probably underappreciated aspects of it, because like I found you guys have done this way more. Because I'm trying to play catch up because I lost, you know, 15 years of my life to that pesky global war on terror that was kind of a pain in my ass <laughs> for hunting seasons but I'm, so I'm trying to play catch up and so now I'm like you know I'm in my 40s but one of the things I'm that 
that I didn't get earlier on is like these really close encounters with elk, which yeah. are fucking crazy. Like they're oh, they're yeah. amazing. They're like these amazing, you know, what would somebody call them? Forest horses or some shit. <laughs> they're, they're, right? They're fucking amazing. Yeah. And yeah. I couldn't imagine that at 15. I got to get my uh, foot out of there. Fall asleep. A little bit short. But at 15, you got those really close encounters and were you having those same things too um probably my probably my earliest memory of calling in bulls um i was six and my dad (laughs) so we were living in cardiff at the time and and a little place called shanghai yeah yeah you're out in shanghai and it was rifle season back then i think it opened on the first of october but uh we had a bull screaming and he drug me through a damn bee's nest and I got stung all over in the head. And all I can remember is, you know, you gotta be quiet. You can't cry. You get, you know, shh, we got this bull right here. And he ended up kill, calling that bull in probably like 10 yards and whacking it with his rifle. It made me lay down in the huckleberry brush, you know, out of the way. <laughs> way this thing comes in, I can remember looking up out of the huckleberry brush and seeing that thing. It was right there. Um, and he just dropped it like 10 yards from us. So it was pretty badass. That's fucking badass. Yeah. Cause like yeah. my dad, used to fancy himself as a caller. Oh, yeah. You know, but he was a couldn't do it for to save his ass. But you remember and I can't remember you you'll you'll probably or one of you guys will remember. You know those um there were small really small pipes with baffles on it and they were really hard and they they were the the they're corrugated and twisted. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 What but that was in his truck at all times. But hmm. I never saw him use it. Like it was in his truck at all yeah. times, like around. It was it was in his logging truck. I remember this. It's not one of those whistles, was it? Yeah, that you just yeah. blew in it, and it's yeah. like yeah, and it was like yeah, it's kind of like this, yeah, yeah. kind of like the mm-hmm. straws at Taco Time. Yeah, yeah, right? exactly. No, <laughs> yeah. you're right. Yeah, it was kind like, of, it was like yeah. a straw, yeah. and he had that in there all the time, and I used to play with it all the time. Mm-hmm. And you know, like he'd yeah. get it out of the truck and like you know, and you're like <laughs> you're never gonna. I never saw him do like I've never seen my dad call. I've never actually never seen my dad kill an elk. Um, until we were in three years ago, until we were out here. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because it was always like he was, you know, 300 feet away or wherever it was. Yeah. Like I hadn't, I hadn't actually seen, seen what went on until I, I took him out here to Utah and was like, all right, dude, you know, it's time for you to like put up or shut up. Cause he was like always talking shit about, you know, but he did a great job, actually. Yeah. <laughs> like, my dad treated it like a job. Yeah, like, I can't He imagine. was like, we're going, we're hiking, like none of this bullshit driving a four-wheeler around. We're we're hiking up top of that knob. I mean, we're going to shoot it. I mean, it, it was just go, 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 too. There wasn't like one. I can remember he'd have friends over or whatever. And it's like, all right, we're going to walk through this patch and we're going to meet at this time. Right. And if the guy didn't show up at that time, he was pissed. Like we had another hunt to make and I can remember him being so pissed at this one guy. Cause he didn't show up on We're time. no longer friends. But yeah. I mean, literally <laughs> driving around honking, yelling for him. I mean, just going crazy. Cause we had another hunt to go to. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. This one's over, man. We've been that. Yeah. But no, he, he treated it like a job. Uh, and that's one thing I remember like, and that's one thing I remember from growing up was like bow hunters were psychopaths. Yeah. Like they were like, they were completely, immersed in this and that's the only thing they thought about Mm. all the fucking time like that's that's like 
that's all they thought about. So when you drive around now and you're like, you see guys and they got like their stickers on their truck or whatever. And you're mm. like, yeah, dude, there was nobody like that. There's like such a small group of people like that when we were much younger. Oh yeah. And you guys were, were kind of in the thick of it, I would say. Cause when did you start archery hunting? Um, I started archery hunting at 12 <clears throat> and Jeez. which is the first year you could. Yeah. And I had uh, like a little golden eagle. Remember that brand? Oh yeah. Yeah. A little wooden, yeah. wooden looking compound yeah. bow. Um, and I, I wounded a calf that year. And so we were out same area where my dad killed that one. And we called in this calf to like shit five yards. And I drew back on it and it comes walking out there and my dad's standing behind me and I'm like, I really don't want to shoot. I knew it was a calf. I didn't want to shoot it, but I turned around and my dad's like, you know, <laughs> I can shoot that thing. You know? And I hit it right in the shoulder. Uh, never did find it, you know? So I, I, I was pretty upset being a 12 year old. I didn't want to shoot it anyway as a right. calf at that time, you know? And, uh, man, I remember crying over that whole deal. And then I never killed my first elk till I was 17. Okay. Yeah. So with, with my rifle. Boat? With a rifle. Yep. Did you go out though? Were you out? I did. We lived in Lewiston though yeah. at the time. Yeah. And I maybe got one weekend right. a year to go. You know, my dad worked at the mill. So mm -hmm. shift work, he had right. most weekends he was working. So. Just didn't have the opportunity to go at that time. So, and that's what I remember, you know, from like 20 plus years ago, right? It's like bow hunters were, they were the, um, I don't know exactly how you describe it, but they were like, they had an intense, they, had, they there was like an intensity to them. Mm -hmm. And I, I could never understand it. I was like, I just don't understand this. What's until, wrong with these people? Yeah, what's wrong? Right. Like, what's wrong in your fucking head? Like, yeah. it's a stick and a string. Well, it, it doesn't make any sense. Like, it shit. all goes back to calling them in. Yeah, because yeah. the rifle hunters yeah. never experienced that, right? So Thousand the, percent. Yeah, yeah. The, the bow hunters go out there and they have this experience of calling these things in close, and you know, most of the time you're screwing it up. Yeah, you know, but it's just an addicting thing. Once you, I mean, you're you're f figuring it out now. I mean, once you're they're screaming like they are here, it's just like man, it's. It's got you. Yeah, it's it, got you. It, nail on the head mm -hmm. because I didn't understand it. And I used to always be like, ah, whatever. Like, you know, I can shoot. Like, you know, it's shooting. It's not hunting, whatever. Like, you know, those bow guys are fucking psychopaths. Or, well, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't like, I didn't get it. Right. And then once, once the elk is, you know, 10 yards away and it's like fucking raging. Screaming and you can, at you. Can yeah. see the snot coming out their fucking nose and they're like and they're and they're drooling and yeah they just they're got dripping like, or they're check. like rolling around in the mud and getting fucking crazy you're like this <clears throat> they sound like godzilla yeah it's awesome <laughs> you're like this yeah. is the coolest thing i think i've ever seen in my life because it's oh, yeah. a wild animal and it's huge and it's got giant swords on its head <laughs> and it's fucking rolling around in the mud 10 yards away from you're like this is the craziest fucking experience oh, i've yeah. ever had in my life yeah but this is all i want to do now right it's like yeah. that's all i want to do is like get close really fucking close to these things and then eat them yeah yeah like, yeah and then a rifle hunter at that time you're walking an old road hoping to catch one feeding or right right you know, you'd shoot an elk around to a herd of them but yeah and it's like I never really got it. I was like, yeah, you know, it was like, like it was more of like a meat thing, right? It was like, yeah, oh, we got the meat. And I was like, it's good. Like, it's actually very delicious. But I was like, oh, what the fuck? But now I got it. Like, I didn't get it until later in life. I actually yeah. used to look at bow hunters like, what's the 
what what's the what's the deal, man? Like it's the like, big deal. Yeah, yeah. Like, like it's a stick and a string. Can't you just shoot him with a gun? Yes. I mean, that's be way easier. How many times have you heard that in your oh, life? Oh yeah, oh tons, right? Tons, tons. Yeah. When I well, but when I was fifteen, I decided right then and there. I said I will bow hunt for the rest of my life. I I don't I don't care anything else. I told my mom, all I want to do is call elk. All I want to do is kill elk. I, every day I'd have to go to school. I have to get back to, in time to go to school in the morning. I hunted every single day of September in high school, every morning and every night after school. Once I kill my bull, then my my best friend we'd go out, and I tell my mom, I'm like school is ruining my life because it was interrupted with my bow hunting, right? And to this day, I'm like. Oh, back when I had to work and I, maybe I, you know, normal jobs, you know, where you maybe get a weekend off or if you're lucky, you have some vacation time and I'd be at work in September, just like, Oh my God, I'm wasting my life away working at this job when I should be bow hunting elk. Right. Yeah. And how many times have you thought that in your adult life where you're like, this is September. A lot. How, and <clears throat> if you guys like, do you save your vacation every year? for september like is that the is that the month where you're like i'm taking yeah and like i yeah we talked i really have don't yeah use too much vacation but you know we work four days a week so we have some long weekends right. and go but back when i you know my old job when i was when i was younger uh we we quit hunting the local or i quit hunting kind of the local unit around the house and went to the back country and uh i was probably god 22 right 23 and it was just, I wanted that challenge of more mature bulls, less people getting back in. So I started crawling around in that country, country, staying in a tent at night and, uh, with my pack frame and, and, and shooting them six miles in, five miles in right. and, and packing them out of my back. And so just to get away from the people and get that real experience back there. So, um, and I was the dumbass back then. You were kind of doing it before it had really gotten cool. Like, what the hell would you want to yeah. go? What are you doing? Packing at six miles out on your back you can go drive around call them off the road you know but yeah i was an idiot back then well i think that's the thing is like you guys were doing this stuff before it was cool like you were doing it way before it was fucking cool it was cool to you because you understood yeah how yeah, yeah how it made me feel i mean yeah. it was just yeah it's rewarding yeah that's what it was and do you think it's like and you want to earn it i mean you don't want any of that shit to be that easy well i mean i think that's so. the difference like i get zero kicks out of like shooting an elk with a rifle like and it's i i'm not looking down on anybody that does right. that by the way mm -hmm. like just as a caveat i it's shooting to me it's not hunting it's like it's spotting and shooting where i like i like the hunt now like it's like oh it's fun man it's it's like it's a lot of work and the harder the work the better the hunt like for me, yep. like that's just the way it works now. Cause I'm like, this is super fun. And I was telling somebody about it. Cause they were, they were asking me, it's like some, you know, some random person there asking me like, well, what's the deal or whatever. I'm like, so in my previous job, I used to tell people this all the time. Like I used to, I used to get the same type of adrenaline rush as like a bank robber. Cause like I used to be able to go out and I'd survive every night. I was a robbing a bank every night, sometimes two or three. It was fun. Yeah. Cool. And I'm like, I get that same type of thing. It feels like, and I don't know what it's like to rob a bank. So like, don't anybody like post that. Like, oh, he's a bank robber now. No, he's a public company CEO. He's a bank robber. Uh, you know, like I can just imagine 
you know, planning a heist because that's what kind of what you have to do. You got to plan it. You got to like, it's a different adrenaline. Yeah. 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 And like when you're planning a hunt and then, you know, your stock, you're like, okay, I'm playing chess against all of these different things. And if I get away with it, the reward is fucking really cool. Like, you know, you're, you're, Mm. you're packing the loot out of there. And oh, by the way, you just got rewarded with a fuck ton more work. And, Oh yeah. yeah. You know, congratulations. <clears throat> congratulations. <laughs> now the pain begins. Here comes the suffering. Yeah. And, uh, I was telling somebody, I was like, yeah, it's like robbing a bank. It's like, you get in, mm-hmm. you get out, like, holy shit. Like I got it. And my wife for the first time. So this is her first elk hunt. And I mean, she called a fucking monster. Like, you know, but she's been, she's been training for two years, two years. She shoots almost every day. She's like shooting her bow almost, I, I would say five days a week. She's committed. Yeah. That's awesome. Super committed. We got blocks in the backyard. Um, she's like, shoots from sitting, from kneeling, from like, you know, all the different positions mm-hmm. where she's, you know, up and down and she's at, you know, 35 yards. Cause that's the max that we got in our backyard. If I open the gate and expose my insanity to my neighbors, I get 60, but like that's, that's the length out of it. But Super committed. She's never done it before. So this is her first time. And it's f- fucking awesome to see the lights come on because she came back from her first night, like having close encounters with these things. Yeah. And she was like, uh, to what you said at 15 years old, she's like, I will never not do this for the rest of my life. Like, this is the most amazing, one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had in my life, hands down. And now I wish I would have trained more. Yeah. Yeah. And now, and, and now that more. she's got one, yep. is, she, is she even more amped Way up? Way more. Uh, like, so going into it because you have your imagination and sometimes yeah. your imagination either overcommits you and then you're like kind of let down or undercommits and you're like, what the fuck? This is one of those moments where she's like, I had no idea. Like this is, yeah, this is like such an amazing experience. And you talk about not from like a, you know, a philosophical perspective, but I was like, I was getting into the, the philosophy of, of American hunting and why it's so ingrained into our culture and how important it is, is part uh, from, from an American perspective, how uniquely American this is, Mm -hmm. especially archery, right? Where, Where it's like the, you guys probably know more about the history of archery, but I was thinking about it and I was trying to put the pieces together about the history of, of, of archery hunting and hunting just in general in America and the first settlers in the, we'll call it the 1600s. Cause I'm not that, that great or that accurate. We'll just call it 1600s. A lot of the settlers came here. They didn't know how to hunt. Right. They didn't know because they were tradesmen and they didn't know how to hunt necessarily. They knew how to maybe shoot a bow because of they were, they had previous war experience. So they knew how to, use a sword or they knew how to use a bow and some of them knew how to hunt, but not really because they, there was no such thing as public land. Right. It was all the King's land. Mm -hmm. It was all owned by someone else. And technically if you took an animal, it was the King's property. Mm. So if you were harvesting, sometimes you were harvesting illegally. And if you harvested, there was always a kickback. So it wasn't their property. And if you did, you owed something back, you know, to the, to the, to king. the king. Yeah. 
So when they came here, and I, I, I thought this was like fucking fascinating. Like when they when they first came here, they were learning how to hunt with their Native American the friends, basically, right? Because they were teaching them through trade and through you know as they were settling and moving you know through the the East Coast, they would have to be trained essentially to survive in this new world that was the frontier at that point where there were so many animals they were they were like blown away by how many animals there were and how abundant like you know berries and deer and elk and bear and all these crazy things that were like still technically on the east coast <laughs> and i thought that that was just like it was fucking crazy for me to think about in the in the context of american history how important hunting is and how uniquely american it is because it's like part of our entire history of the last, you know, 400 mm -hmm. years of how deeply ingrained into the development and the expansion of our, of our country. Um, I don't know what that rant is all about. Well, like, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of, my wife reminds me of every, every day. This is why we hunt. It's because right. we put meat in the freezer. We put food in the freezer. That's why we do it. Mm -hmm. It's then, and it's not because, oh, I got this big set of antlers or whatever. It's important to her that we use the animal that we take too so she you know she gets caught up in and and i'm not really a trophy hunter right. but i like to kill mature animals yeah i mean if i was going to go out with a rifle and shoot any bull my hunt would be over in the first morning yep. like that's a two-hour hunt it's done and over with so you know i challenge myself with getting taking a mature bull every year so i'll pass on several before i do it but she she kind of has a tough time with that concept too. oh you're a trophy hunter i'm not we eat the meat we eat two elk a year. We go through it. I feed my family with it. Um, but that's just part of the challenge for me. You guys eat You guys eat two elk a year, really? We do. Wow. Yeah. It's like... Two elk and three deer last year. Because I got kids. Holy shit. Yeah, 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 my son shot an elk. I shot yeah. an elk. Um, my daughter shot a deer. My son shot a deer. I shot a deer. So. And now you're telling me last time, I think, you're like... Because I was telling you, I have to shoot a lot, you know, because I'm like... I got to get my reps in. You're like, I like shoot mine before season, like twice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've never really, I've never done a 3d archery shoot. No, never in my life. Yeah. No. Um, I just like to hunt. Yeah. yeah that's what the weapons were for. Is yeah, pick yeah. them up and go. I, I actually shoot more now. Do you? Um, yeah. What do so you I, shoot now? What's that? What, what kind of, what's your setup oh, look like? So I have a, uh, it's a Hoyt carbon element. That's probably 15. I like how 12. you're looking at him. You well, yeah, dude, <laughs> I, it was given to me. I, yeah. I, it's, it's an old bow. Um, and yeah, but, but just, and are you it, it works. Wrist, are you shooting the wrist strap or like a, yeah, just yeah. a re yeah, yeah. like a caliper type yeah, release. Yeah. I don't even know what release I, I have right now. Yeah. I, I broke one last year, so I had to buy a new one. I think it's a, a Scott or something yeah. release, but yeah. And like, are you guys like, I, I'm not like super fascinated by it, but I am like interested because everybody has an opinion on fixed blade or mechanical blade or like, so give me your down and dirty both of you separately as to like what what is your like philosophy yeah i'll talk first because i'll, I'll be really short <laughs> uh, i've never had experience with mechanicals okay always shot fixed blade mm -hmm. um you mentioned thunderhead i shot those for forever because you could go to walmart and buy them right for a six pack for 12 bucks you know if you waited to buy them in november <laughs> that's why i shot them they worked i actually killed uh three elk with the same broadhead 
nice uh year after year so they worked uh, and i've always been in the fixed blades um nice. but they haven't the mechanicals haven't been legal in in where we live so until this year right so yeah so yeah i really don't have any I know uh, experience the, this is their first year finally yeah yeah so yeah. don't have any experience with the mechanicals so right yeah i, I don't really have an opinion what about there, like so. i i've i've heard this like debate do I need but i don't know yeah um, <laughs> i don't know if there's a debate which is like is there you know you know a three or four blade like do you get into the nuances of the we were details talking on that we were or? talking about this last night okay because you know we both you want a broadhead that leaves you good blood trails so you can yeah. recover the animal <clears throat> and uh i shoot a three blade now um shot a two blade last year and the year before um but it, i think it all depends on kind of where you hit them in the shot because right. you know yeah. you know you have experience with four blades where mm -hmm. they just didn't bleed yeah i've, I've I shot last night it just the shot didn't that elk didn't bleed it didn't go very far but there was yeah. no blood trail right um so i i think it's more of just luck as far as where you hit that animal and how they bleed right because it was a good shot fatal shot that thing yeah. died probably in stride at 50 yards yeah wow went nowhere right and between the two of you add them up how many elk have you killed i don't usually tell okay it's, it's, i don't you count, don't kiss until so i don't, I don't kiss you don't until. kill until <laughs> <laughs> hey but, i i'm a, every season for 30 I, years for 33 years some years i'd, I'd missed killing elk. like last year i didn't kill an elk and some years i've killed two so you just it kind of depends on right. you know but it all adds up but uh yeah i don't usually kiss until yeah yeah i gotcha. but i don't keep track so there's but there's a lot of animals on the ground between the two of you oh yeah yeah I mean, uh, i'll say this mark is probably one of the best elk hunters i know okay if not the best so that, elk that's, hunter i know that's, that's, a, that's after, a serious after dirt that is a serious <laughs> accusation <laughs> no like, that's, mark's got way more bigger bigger horns than me i mean he's he's uh, killed a lot what, of stuff what do you guys think about um no before i get into that what's what's your setup what are you using okay so my opinion on um i'm a fixed blade guy okay I have opinion. I've never used mechanicals, but I have an opinion. Right. Um, the more, I'm not a gimmick guy or a gadget guy. Yeah, yeah. Per se, you know, the more little things that have to function flawlessly to, to accomplish your job lives more opportunity for failure. Right. right. I look at my truck. I got a Chevy truck out there. It's got electric windows. My dad always said, ah, that was stupid electric windows. You just need the kind, the, the hand roller kind. Because those hand roller ones, they were pretty damn good. They don't usually fail. One of my switches in my in my Chevy truck, it failed. Right, got to get got to get another one. I feel like there's always that opportunity with a, a expandable to yeah. fail. Um, I'm not sure about penetration, and I think. Well, what do you use? Three or four? I, right okay. now, I'm using a two blade. Okay. Uh, with two little bleeder blades. Right. Um, first year for for shooting those. What um, are you using? Uh, iron wheel. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. The, That's what I was using. The single bevel. Yeah. Same. Yeah. yeah. I really like those. They fly really yeah, they well, fly, too. fly good. Yeah. Um, I've used um, some other two blades in the past. I've shot, I don't know, three or four elk with them things. Right. Um, I wasn't real impressed with the with the, the blood trail on those others. Um, killed them, you know, and yeah. I found the bulls. But it wasn't like a crime scene. It didn't it, it didn't leave a blood trail Stevie Wonder could follow, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it yeah, was yeah. they're okay, <laughs> right. you know. Um, three blade, shot a lot of elk with three blade. Those things were great. Yeah, not they're not all the same though. There's some three blade brands I've shot that 
I just didn't like, they just didn't cut that good. Others were really great. I've shot four blade. Now, if you want to get digging the weeds a little bit, I like the weeds because this has been a debate. I've, I, I haven't participated in it cause I, I have no knowledge to, to actively participate in it, but I've had three def- limb deflections on elk uh-huh. over the years. Okay. Two of those were on four blade. Okay. The same year, right? The same head. And then I shot a, shot a big bull, really big bull with that, that four blade. And I yeah. thought it's going to open him up like a can of worms, yeah, yeah. right? No, not really. It didn't really bleed that much. Really? I, he died within sight. And if he wouldn't have, I would have had a really tough um, trail, you know? So yeah. And it, it, like Mark said, it is depend on where you shoot them, where you hit them. But I've like those single, those single or the, the two blade or whatever. I've, I've shot some pretty good shots with those like right through the heart. Yeah. And it just didn't bleed that good. So, um, but these new ones, you know, the single bevels, they get, when you shot them into a target, right? Oh, yeah. They're, they mess they up a target. In, yeah. Yeah. And, and as they, they go and they, they spin or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think they're more prone to, to do a better, put a bigger hole in the okay. normal two blade. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that bull I shot last night, I hit him kind of in the shoulder. Right. In that meat. No, now think of shoulder position. If your shoulder is moved forward or backward and you hit it in that shoulder muscle and then the shoulder moves all of a sudden it seals up right yep the wound hole gentle right so you're not going to get a lot of a lot of blood out of it right Uh, the exit hole had a bunch of blood kind of but it was high enough so i was shooting from downhill yeah and the the exit hole kind of was higher in the body if you draw a, a straight line through the the center line of the elk it was above that center line okay well if, if you hit them above that center line they bleed internally yep more you don't get a, a really great blood trail compared to like if it's below that center line right because you know, gravity keeps the blood yeah. inside the inside the casing so yeah yeah that's interesting i i haven't so i haven't i haven't thought about it in those in those circumstances because the, what the debate started between a couple of us and it wasn't a debate it was a conversation where because you have increased surface area based on, we'll call it four blades. Mm-hmm. So in theory, the entry and exit should be bigger based on four versus two. Right. And the debate's like, well, but if you have a mechanical that expands to, you know, full length at two inches or whatever, that, you know, inch and a half. And so, you know, of course, I'm thinking about cavitation and ballistics and I'm looking at it from, you know, a rounds perspective. And I'm like, it is all about shot placement. So it doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, the bigger the bullet, obviously, you're going to have more cavitation because it's a physics equation. That's yeah. all it is. It's mass times velocity equals basically cavitation. That's that's what it is. And so, you know, if you have a, a rapidly expanding bullet and it creates more mass or surface area, with a high velocity, it creates a fucking massive, huge or a wound channel. Right. So I was like, well, I can wrap my head around the four blade because obviously you have more, <clears throat> more surface area for the four blades. Right. But then I don't know how the four blades is reacting inside the animal versus the two blade to your point. Mm-hmm. So if it's rotating in and it's, having at least more damage done based on on how it's flight and what the ballistic characteristics are pre 
in and then maybe post, mm -hmm. then it's obviously going to affect the wound channel and then how fast or wh whatever it might be uh, as far as like the, the I think you brought up a good point with the big bullet and the velocity too. Right. I mean, how far are we shooting? Yep. What's the velocity of the arrow? What's the weight of the arrow behind the broadhead? I mean, there's so many factors that come into play. Right. You know, not just the surface area. I would imagine if you're shooting 300 feet per second and you shoot everything at 15 yards, that four blade would be detrimental. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, maybe when that arrow slows down, somebody's shooting 60, 70, 80 yards, um, it's different. You know, yeah. maybe you're better off having a two blade. Uh, I don't know. But, um, I and, think it just depends on how far you're shooting, you know, the, the weight of the arrow, yeah, yeah. the weight, you know, your draw weight of your bow. Um, it's kind of like arrow. bullets, you know, different bullets do very good at high velocity, a slow velocity. They don't, they're junk. Yeah. And, and some are the opposite, you know, they open up yeah. better at, at, at slow velocities. A lot of people use, you know, like the match king type yep. bullets, um, for long range, big 300 grain bullets, you know, lobbing them in there. They're, they're slowing way down at 2000 feet per second bullets perform very well right and if you shoot them at high velocities and something they're just going to explode so do you think that there's um do you think there's a difference because i've also like i've also been hearing this like aluminum versus carbon and like are you are you guys that far down the rabbit hole on any of these discussions which i'm sure you're looking at them or at least like somewhat hearing them as far as wound channel devastation speed of the arrow like do you buy into it or do you well i will say this like because i shot a lot of aluminum arrows yeah. back in the day right and i didn't get a lot of pass-throughs yeah but man with that arrow that aluminum arrow and that broadhead lodged in the cavity when them things are running it fucks shit up right it's in there turning it's creating more damage on those lungs so i'm not a I mean, this is a little weird, but I'm not a hundred percent sure it's always better to have a passer. It's good to have two holes for the blood to leak out of, but I feel like if you're, if your arrows exiting and not staying in there doing circles in the lungs as he runs off with, you know, and he's, everything's moving, um, you may be causing more damage by leaving it in. No, oh, I like that. I, I, I like that take. Mm -hmm. What's your take? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yep, I agree. Especially if you, I mean, if you put the the shot where it needs to be, right behind the shoulder, mm -hmm. yeah, and the thing's running. I mean, he's he's his shoulder is like it's yeah. probably going to break off. Yeah, and yeah. it'll kind of like and it'll just sit there and like jiggle that arrow back and forth, shredding his lungs. Right. Mm -hmm. So I like that mm -hmm. I, because I haven't I haven't actually heard that that perspective. Do you guys have a um, an opinion on number of fletchings and size? Um, I've shot four blade or four flesh one yeah. year. Um, I didn't like them cause they're heavy, putting okay. a lot of weight on the backside of the arrow. Yeah. I, I like a three, okay. three, um, fletch. that's all I've ever shot. Yeah, three fletched veins. Yep. And what are you shooting now for arrows? Shit. You had aluminum ask. or carbon? They're carbon. Are they? Yeah. Yeah. Are you shooting carbon or carbon? Yeah. Carbon. Yeah. And I, I, I've been doing my own fletching. Yeah. Um, I use like one of those Arizona easy fletch. Mm -hmm. It's got a really aggressive right hand helical. Yeah. And man, that thing, especially with those, those, um, single bevel broadheads, yeah. that thing's got a lot of spin, spin going on right. as it's going through. So that was the theory. Um, they shoot good. They shoot fine. I can't say that they shot any better than the, anything else I've shot as far as, you know, accuracy and, but I'm not, I'm not 
some professional shooter. You know, yeah. I, I can shoot good enough to kill an elk, but I'm not going to win any contests. What's your What's your max length? Like, what What, what are you putting them in at? Um, and then what's your what's your shot limit? for for hunting? You know, yeah. I'm probably going to try to keep it at 40 or less. Okay. You know, um, I had I had a really big bull last night at 60 dead yeah. rights. I don't have a pit 60 pin. I could have yeah. put it right on the hump and it would have dropped right in where I yeah. needed to. But it was late. It's getting yeah. dark. And I'm like, you know, this hunt has been so good so far. I just don't want to taint it with a bad hit. Yeah. Okay. And then well, have it turn bad, you know? Yep. So I'm like, no, I'm not going to shoot. Right. So, um, you know, and that's all personal preference, but right now where I can, I can practice in my yard, I can shoot 25 yards. Yeah. Yeah. I go down to the range. I can shoot out to however far I want. Um, back when what I, are you shooting for bow? It's a PSE. Yeah. Yeah. Are, were you a bow tech guy for a while? Uh, uh-uh. No, mm-hmm. it's always been PSE. Or? PSE in 2019. I used Prime before that. Oh, that's first right. Few Prime. Years. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. So, in uh, which one are you shooting? Um, well, I've got a couple. Yeah, I've got the the new CF, or no XF 33. Yeah, yeah. XF 33. Yep. And then I got a new Super Secret one. I can't talk about. Oh, okay, okay. All right. But you'll see it, it on carbon? the video. Yeah. Yeah. All it's right. Super badass. Is it badass? Oh yeah. Yeah. So, I love those things. Like, I've shot Hoyt. PSE, like I don't know how many other, but I mean, I had two aggressive cam on. I had the PSE with like it's it's got a really smaller aggressive cam. I forget exactly which one it is. With in the back wall was like it was, it was it, I couldn't really move around even back here. It's like oh yeah, moving forward on yep. me. And, yep. And it was it was too much. Like I was like it's not too much in the context of like it's too much weight or whatever it was just like this thing is fucking like kind of like riding a bowl like, Jesus right. Christ man like fucking calm down right. what are you doing dude like that's the so biggest aggressive? that's the biggest complaint I have about mine is I gotta pull hard against the wall yeah mm-hmm. yeah there's no letting off against that wall and target guys hold. love that though yeah target yeah. guys love that yeah well that was their philosophy mm-hmm. and I fucking hated it yeah like I'm not it, into that uh, it's nice if you got a bowl you can draw early you can hold it back you know it's got that nice little low spot where you can hold it yeah. <clears throat> it's nice to have that yeah. not something that's trying wanting to pull it back it, out of your hands you know? I, Gives well, you, I, I end up being back here like every and I've only killed or well I've, I've shot it a lot more but I'm <laughs> 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 yeah three so I'm like not but I, you know but I, I end up being back here for longer than well, I just you just have to be you just have to plan on it. Like, yeah, you just, yeah. You just have to plan on it. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, that, and I, somebody was telling me, which I didn't understand this until later, but there's uh, let off limits based on state. Yeah, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Like that's a new thing that I was like completely exposed to. Yeah, I know it was like, like sixty five forever. It was sixty five forever. Forever, and, and yeah. they didn't hardly manufacture a bow that was sixty five. Right. Even at, yeah. later on, you know, they're all eighty. So why rated eighty? That, that was a question I had for you guys. So what what is the philosophy, or do you know the philosophy behind that? Like why why is there a let off limit? Are they saying it's more sporting, or is it a more sporting? I, I think it's just them putting that limit on technology. You oh, know what okay, I'm okay. saying? Putting the benefit, yeah. even though you know, I in our opinion, I mean, we know bows will only get shoot so fast. Right. But if you can keep a guy rested for a shot and you can i mean you just when you go let people go to the 85 percent or 80 percent let off you're 
you're you're going to get a better shot out of it, especially yeah, if they're yeah. holding it longer or whatever. So why not let that high percentage shot happen? Right. Why limit these people out there to being tired and 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 throwing out a bad shot? I yeah, mean, yeah. You know, right. the ethics of me is you know any of those little advancements, let them go because people are going to take their elk home and not just not wound them. Or t- you know, it's just right. yeah, better chance of wounding them. You know, and I think back in the day, I think, you know, I think the trad community had a pretty, you know, traditional archery community had a pretty good voice, you know, in a lot of law, law setting. Oh, okay. You know, yeah, yeah. I, I would assume. Right. Um, you hear grumblings, you know, it's like, oh, well, you guys can't, you guys can't have too much let off or whatever, you know, because a trad bow has no let off. Right. Um, so it's I've, compounding interest. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think there probably was some of that kind of talk at the table too. Yeah. You know, we want to make this fair. Right. For everybody. Um, just like we kind of touched on it just for a second about mm-hmm. the, the expandables just being legal in Idaho. I mean, yeah. Idaho's the last state to legalize um, mechanical broadheads and lighted knocks. See, I didn't, I knew the lighted knocks thing because I'd heard that, but I didn't realize the mechanical. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. But the guys that can pick up a trad bow and do that, my hat's off to them. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I tried it. Wait, I'm, so I'm would horrible. You, I would you guys classify it. yourself as uh, trad curious? <laughs> yeah, we are actually. Mark and I had a bet. We did. A yeah, ago. we actually shot together for a while, and then you hurt your shoulder. I hurt my ankle, and you know, went went to hell. We were talking about it the other day. We we're like, oh, we're gonna have to pick them things back up. Yeah. And if you guys it's kind of on the bucket list, you know. Have you guys seen that dude? Uh, what is it? Solway Archery, the guy that builds the. Uh, I've heard the of quivers. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got one. It's got my logo on it. Yeah, I oh, got one of right. those too, man. Yeah. For it, they're awesome. They're badass. Like, they're yeah. super badass. Where's he at? Is he like Cami Arkuski or something? Um, I think that they sold and moved into Montana or what somewhere. What the fuck? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. I shouldn't say that. You guys are awesome. If you're yeah. listening, or if you guys, yeah, listen, like the, awesome. I think they used to be. They're Arkuski or Cami, right? Used to be. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I think or, they've they've moved or something. But I got one. I got it. I love shooting the trad bow, dude. I like, do too. It's I so fun. I love it. Like, it's fun. It's fun. I'm just shitty at it. No, I'm super shitty. God. Like, I love sucking at stuff. Yeah. yeah. I suck at everything. But, it's awesome. You know, and I got to be confident or else I'm not going to take it out yeah. and fling it at right. an animal. But yeah, I got to have a big ass target at 20 yards. Dude. Or I'm going to be losing shit. Like I, so I went out and um, I did this spot and stock pig hunt with, and it's really difficult. Like, have you guys ever done a spot no. and stock nah. pig hunt? Dude, nah. it's brutal. It's so like getting into archery, um, John, John Dudley took me on. He's like, all right, so what you need to do is like, you got to go on a couple of these hunts and you got to go on like some coal hunts and you got to go do this like spot and stock pigs. And we walked, I walked, I don't know, 70 miles in five days or something like that to shoot <laughs> one pig. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. With a trad bow. With, no, with, 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 with my, uh, PSE. Oh yeah. But that was the first thing I ever shot because he's like, well, you got to learn how to like, you know, hunt. You got to right. learn how to like do this Move whole thing. And, yeah. yeah. Anticipate. Yeah. And, uh, and so, and it was really good. Like as far as like, cause yeah, they've got really good eyesight. They've got really good hearing. They've got really good noses. So they're fucking keyed on. And if you can kill one, you kind of yeah. got your shit together. You got your shit yeah. together. Yeah. And you so got to earn it. I'd never, I've never killed an elk at over 25 yards. Really? With my bow. No. Holy shit. And uh, so, and that was always my mindset, you know, to learn how to hunt. Right. Right. And don't let your, your, your shooting ability at 60, 70 yards overshadow your hunting ability. Right. So I always wanted to just get close and personal. So my limit was always 30 yards or less. Right. I, I can shoot 60 at a target fine. Yeah. I just don't want to. I just, I want to get close. 
I want to shoot them close. And then maybe it's my own weird mindset, but that no, would be 20 takes, yards. It takes discipline. Like you're mm -hmm. like in a patience and discipline. Like I'll, I'll commend you for that. Like I didn't realize that I stepped into a shit mess a few years ago because I killed that elk in 94. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I don't understand, right? I'm, I'm right. kind of like an ignorant asshole. But you did it. I'm like, where? Yeah, I mean. I put in the best stock I could. I got as close as I could. And I was like. I'm were, gonna... were you here? No, I was, oh, out okay. in, um, I was down in Colorado. Oh. And that's... they were out in this meadow. They had a big herd out in this meadow. And uh, the only way you could get out close to the herd was the fucking low crawl. And there was like yeah. one little, one little piece of ground. It was like like eight inches higher than the rest of this shit. And I crawled out to that. And that was as close as I was going to get. It was the last day of the hunt. And I was like, you know, I was like, I can hit a pie plate at, you know, 110, one, one pretty consistently. Mm -hmm. So 90 wasn't like, I just shot my bow literally out to 100. And I was like, and I hit like 10 out of 10 on a pie plate. So I was like, fucking pie plate at 100. Yeah. I can hit a fucking, I, I, I can double that. lung that motherfucker yeah. at 94. Like, I know I can. I didn't understand, and this is how stupid I was at that point, where I didn't understand it was such a hot topic. Because I was like, ah, <laughs> fucking 94, I, I shoot him. this all the time, you know? And um, If you can do it, more power to you, man. Yeah, I don't do Th it anymore. This, I'll tell you what, though. This is, like, where we're at here. Yeah. Man, it's it's tough to get them close. Is it really? It, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah kind of the, brushy the, well and the, and the wind yeah. seems the always wind, blowing squares wind. here the yeah, wind is really because you got these draws and it does weird the weird. wind does was, all kinds of weird shit i was in utah with my dad back in like 08 he had a wasatch tag oh nice and the fucking wind blew in squares like it was frustrating as hell that and it was totally different than what we're used to there we're we're hunting thick countries so yeah, yeah. 20 like those elk have to come in 20 yards to see anyway. Right. Or to even get a shot most of the time. Yeah. Um, but here it was more open. The wind blows in squares. Jesus, you, you got to sharpen your archery skills and extend that range if you want to be consistently successful. Well, and I, I don't do it anymore. Like I, I, like I learned my lesson. I was like, okay, internet, like you're mean to me today. I, <laughs> Now I know. Now I know. <laughs> Got it. Lesson uh, learned. Uh, yeah. It'll be mean to me next week too. It, it doesn't really matter to me all that much. I just, I put a limit, I put a limit on it because I was, I realized I was cheating. So I was compensating for my hunting skills with shooting skills. And that's kind of defeating the whole purpose of what I'm trying to accomplish. And I'm not being patient and working and working as hard as I needed to work in order to get as close as I could. I was frustrated. My first, my, my, my first year, like I was just really fucking frustrated. Like, cause I couldn't get close to anything. I was bumping them out. And the, like in these canyons, the, the wind does weird shit. Like yeah. You're talking about, it's like moving around or it was just really fucking frustrating where I think I was compensating for distance, but you know, I mean this year I was, this year, like, you know, as far as like the years progressing every year, I've been able to like keep, like get in close and like, get in every year, like get closer and stay in closer. Yeah. And like this year Have, I was in and around elk all the time, like seven yards, just trying to get, trying to get shots. Yeah. And, you know, or I got in on one herd looking for the bull and 
I mean, it was like seven to, you know, the main, the main herd was all like cows and, and, um, calves and, and spikes. And I was just trying to find the bull and I couldn't find it, but the closest cow was fucking seven yards. And there yeah. was like, they're all, and you're just kind of like trying to figure it out. Like, okay, where's he at? Cause I know he's coming or is he coming or where's he coming in from? Or, uh, the whole thing is just you know, are these guys going to win me? Or are they not? Or like, are they going to see me? Or are they like, are they going to fucking lick my face? I, I don't know. And it, but every year, like progressively better. I think that's yeah. the one thing like I love about this, which I think it's just learning what you can kind of get away with. Yeah. Out there. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? You'll, you'll have to watch some of the videos on his phone from last weekend. Did you get away with a lot? Yeah. Oh shit. Oh, like yeah. I was telling you. Seriously? Yeah, just, oh yeah. Stand out in the middle of a freaking hillside nothing 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 and just finally a bull came up 20 yards or whatever before it even noticed what the hell is that you know and it would have been too late if i'd have wanted to shoot shoot him i could have but right you know i drew on him but yeah what do you guys think of this like um what do you guys think of this new because i don't know if it's i don't know if it's accurate or not but it feels like archery's gotten cool yeah is it you think it's like the joe rogan effect is that what's driving it or is it like cam and joe and everybody that's like what do you guys think of it yeah i think i think those guys make it more popular definitely they're getting the message out and how cool it is to a larger audience definitely but it it was kind of headed that way even in the mid-2000s i think it was just getting you know kind of building steam right yeah and i think it just took people getting people into it and out their wants and they're hooked i mean we didn't have all those influences, no. you know, <clears throat> uh, social so media, cool social media, all that stuff growing cool up. But, videos, you, you know, know yeah. once, once we got the taste of it, that's there for life. And I think that's these, these people just are lucky enough. The new guys that are trying it and, and getting involved are lucky enough to hear those stories before they even try it. And then once they try it, it's just like us, I think. Well, I, I like it because for guys like me and, you know, for guys like you, for guys like me, where it's like, you know, we can have this like really cool skill exchange where it's like, you guys know this shit. Guys like me, I, I really don't. I'm kind of ignorant in that context. But like, you know, you transition, you know, out of the out of the the GWAT, and you know, a lot of guys, they're searching for a mission. They're like, they're really searching for something else that's passionate and mm-hmm. where they can connect in and be, you know, driven. And I'm like. You got to shoot a bow, and that's kind of like where I where I put him first. It's mm-hmm. like you got to shoot a bow. Oh yeah, yeah. Why? Because it's like, well, it can't be like hunting people or whatever they fucking say, right? Yeah. Like, no, man, it's it's cool. It's actually a lot cooler because you have these like really, without sounding too lame, but you have these fucking super intimate encounters with these incredible animals all the fucking time. You know when you're, you know. I was, I was, I was out there with another guy and he was, he was on the final leg of his stock and he's like 40 yards away from the bull that he wants to kill. And, and a sow and two cubs ran right in between them, like, right, like right in between them. Like, not like, you know, he was like 15 yards away from a sow and two cubs in between the bull that he was Mm -hmm. moving in on to kill when in the fuck are you ever gonna have an experience like that unless right. you're putting your play you're putting yourself in that exact position right. 
to have such an incredible experience in in nature, mm -hmm. which I mean that sounds kind of lame too, uh, but it, it's amazing. It's an amazing experience. Right. And in today's world everybody's got these. All the kids have these, right? Yeah. So for me it's now it's getting my kids out there just the conversations we have there's no self-service so no. they can't stare at that thing they have to open up and talk right. and we're out there build a fire you know eat it, it, that's just priceless stuff yeah you know that's just priceless stuff so for I people i think it's a great family thing mm -hmm. i think yes. it's gonna bring you and your kids and your family a lot closer friends whoever when you get into this and go out and do it so you got to put the electronics down you got to find something other than what's on here thousand percent like it the phone is the easiest device to to connect you and disconnect you from society mm -hmm. right it's like yep. if you if it's used improperly and my wife and i are really strict of um like we, we don't even let our kids literally tune in unless they're like traveling or something with us and then it's like it's more for us than it is for them but same thing like my wife and i you know going out together hunting yeah you know we're in the field we're in the mountains we're doing mountain shit mm -hmm. it's priceless man it, it, yeah. it, it is a completely connected and i think there's some things in in your dna if you're a carnivore i mean do each of their own but i mean fucking meat is awesome but like i also think there's something there's an ethical responsibility from a carnivore's perspective to know where and how the carnage of your food, where it comes from, like, and what does it look like mm -hmm. to see an animal die? What does it look like to, you know, go out and dress it and, you know, pull it mm -hmm. apart? Because what it does is it, I think, is it when you go to the grocery store, you realize like the meat, there came from something that was in you know a, a commercial operation where something is fed you know corn and all the other things that it's fed and then a bolts run through its fucking head and it's like zipped out and boiled and put through a process and then it's put in a package right whereas like if you hunt an animal and kill it and you like run the knife through it and you pull it apart and then you know its skin is your rug and it's its bones you know, or, you know, I, I take the bones and give them to the dogs around the office and like we use the marrow and like we use like we use a lot of it because it's fucking useful. Yeah. And it's delicious, but it makes you really appreciate where your food is coming from. Like, it does. And it, there's nothing more special and it doesn't there's nothing that tastes better than an animal you worked really fucking hard for and you share it with your family. Yeah. And I do it all myself. So. You when I work, I'll work them up. I usually debone them out in the field. Yeah. And then when I come home, I'll sit there by myself at the kitchen table and I'll cut every steak, wrap, separate out what I'm going to grind, go grind it. Like I do all that myself. It's important to me. Yeah. yeah. I just like to do that. Yeah. And, and do you cook too? Mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. Love so to cook. You, you're like full circle recipes and cooking. Are you, do you cook too? Oh yeah. 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 I, I usually cook the steak at my house, whether right. it's elk steak or whatever, deer steak, whatever. Um, I made these badass tacos we took to hunting camp last time. I wish oh, I yeah. had some left over. So good. Yeah. So I do that before hunting season. Every year, so I'll cook up a bunch of elk burger and make tacos, freeze them. And that's 
Other than a mountain house every once in a while. Freeze them. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, you yeah, just throw yeah, them in your, you. yeah, you throw them yeah, in your yeah. pack or whatever yeah. and eat them cold out on the, out on the hill. So, yeah, it's, they're good. Or throw them on the barbecue. Can't warm them up, whatever. I've, I find it's like super intimate, like with your meat. I mean, it's, I don't want to yeah. get, I don't want to get too, it's super you know, kumbaya. With our meat, Derek. <laughs> I'm sharing a room We're going to get intimate with our meat. <laughs> Write that down. <laughs> but like you talked about the grocery store, I mean, yeah. that you're taking home a, a, a faceless, um, thank you. There's no nourishment. Intimacy. There's no, nothing intimate about it. Nope. And you know, you, you kind of touched on the whole trophy hunting thing. Um, that your wife kind of accused you of, but, um, I, I feel like what people don't understand when people, when we put a, an elk's head or a deer's antlers or, or whatever on the wall, they think, oh, it's, we're just showing off our prize or trophy. Yeah, yeah. But to me, I'm immortalizing that animal. Yeah. I have such reverence, so much respect. I'm going to look at that every day of my life and enjoy that intimate moment that animal and I had together. Yep. I'm going to think about the meat. Whenever, every time we open a package of steak, like, oh yeah, that's from 2021 or 2022. Me like, oh yeah. My wife's like, oh, so-and-so wanted to borrow a package of meat. I'm like, "Mm." (laughs) I I, I packed that entire elk out. I made three trips to pack it out on my back. Maybe for a hundred dollar bill. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They can have one package. Right. (laughs) Right. But it's like that connection and the value we put on it as hunters. Um, I don't think, I don't think the, the public that, that, doesn't hunt they don't understand that and you know the anti-hunting people don't understand it either but they don't want anybody to understand that no so i think it's super important to understand that yeah it's very intimate and you know i have nothing wrong with people eating grocery store meat either i mean it's it's good stuff but to to a degree i mean there's a lot of weird stuff they put in meat these days yeah it's super weird but it's a it's a faceless yes it's a face faceless nourishment whereas what we we kill we know where it came from well and i think that it's you know, it's it's more fulfilling all the way around, right? I think that it's more nutrient just in general. I think that it's more fulfilling. It's more connecting. Like it's more bonding. All of those things that are really meaningful in in a life that is so vapid and shallow in the, the image of our phones where we're connected but we're not. It's like people are in this, they're, they're, they're searching for meaning, but it's right, right. it's right in front of you. In the context of, I killed a chicken in our backyard the other day or last year or whenever it was because it was like, we found out we had a rooster instead of a regular chicken. And I was like, well, some five was eat, eat the chicken. What? You ate the chicken? You killed the you know, it's Your like, pet chicken? Well, it's not my pet. You know, you know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. It's like, it's a fucking chicken. It's a chicken. Yeah. It's a chicken. It doesn't like, have a soul. No. And I think. You know, he had a great I, life in the backyard. He had a fucking great life. Like yeah, my kids were running around with him. Like he yeah. was like being a fucking <laughs> idiot, you know. And but you know, I think as we're as we're like disconnected and then also connected, finding all of these different pieces that we have to put back together in the context of this highly commercialized and processed. And don't get me wrong, I, I eat steak just like anybody else, but it's not as meaningful as right. this. And I think there's a lot of people out there is they're like looking at this and they're like, they're romanticizing it too, right? They're, they're listening to like, you know, Rogan or Cam or somebody on, you know, talking about archery and how romantic and beautiful it is. And it's like, yeah, man, but it's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work and it takes a lot of fucking discipline and it takes a lot like throughout the year, Derek producer, Derek sitting here and he's like sitting on that, like, 
we have an archery range at yeah, our legs office. Asleep. We have an archery range at our office. Like, how many guys are shooting at the archery range per week? Probably about like 15, 20. Yeah. Maybe like That's 15, awesome. 20 people awesome. shooting <clears throat> at the range at the Black Rifle Coffee office all the time. So you're thinking about your meat and where you're going to get your food and you're training to go get your food or at least part of your that's diet. That's like lunch break. People go out on lunch break. Yeah, and they shoot bows. They shoot in the mornings. or I'll, like I'll come ass. in on the weekends and shoot on the weekends. And we have a gym and, and, and an archery range because I'm like, hey, man, like you got to be committed to this entire fucking process where it's like stay fit, shoot your bow, go to the tax. Like we sponsor all the, the total archery challenge events because I'm like, it's a commitment. And, but I, I'm trying to like, give those through lines to people where they can be deeper connected than just this is my fucking package of meat and I'm going to throw it in my shopping cart and drive home and right. You know, yeah. never think about it. The other thing is I don't want my kids to think it's that easy. Mm-hmm. And I also think that unless you're a vegetarian or a vegan, you have no fucking place in the discussion of hunting. Right. You don't have it. You don't have right. a choice. I don't give a fuck what you have to say. Like if you're if you're that committed where you don't eat animals, that's fucking rad. You have your own voice. But if you're a carnivore and you're you're anti hunting, you're a hypocrite. So yep. you can go fuck yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. Like Yep. Like if you're a hypocrite, piss off. I don't yeah. I don't want to hear from you. Yep. Yep. And those can- carnivores that are anti hunting, they should give them all a tour of the the stockyards. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, watch this. Is, watch, this is watch what you Yeah, this is ethical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keeping animals in pens yeah. and then fucking running bolt through their head. Yeah, like, slit their throat. Yeah, whatever they do. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think they also because they, they haven't romantic like the other romanticized like um, uh, 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 propaganda that's out there is like these animals are beautiful and majestic. Mm-hmm. They don't get me wrong; they are. They're amazing, mm-hmm. but they don't cause harm to each other either, right? They all, like the wolf. It's like riding on the back of the elk that jumps the rainbow and fucking kisses the unicorn or whatever the fuck they yeah. think that nature is. Right, and it's right. like so disconnected right. from reality. It's just no idea. gruesome, man. Dude, it's gruesome, man. Yeah. yeah. Like, fuck yeah, it is. I was, uh, was talking to one of my buddies and he was telling me about a bull that they shot a few years ago. And he shot this bull and he was like, it, it kind of acted strange as they were moving in on it, but it was like fucking monster. And he's like, well, fucking double lung walked like 10 yards and just just knocked over like 10 yards and it's like killed over they came up on it and they realized that the esophagus had been sliced open in a fight and oh wow uh, and so the bottom of it like eat right before that so probably no less than a few hours before that the bottom portion of his neck had been sliced open and is and there was a hole in his esophagus and so he's bleeding out down his chest because they're like, where did this arrow come out? Like they were trying to figure yeah. out like, where's this blood and why is this blood? So it's yeah. bleeding down his chest. He had an esophagus ripped open partly from another bull, from another bull. Wow. And we were discussing it because we were like this, this misrepresentation of facts and how beautiful these animals are. And they just don't inflict harm on each other. It's like, no man, they're trying to fucking kill each other. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. They're right. trying to like do their best to like, kill them like that's what they want to do and this animal would have had like 
a horrible, excruciatingly difficult death. Yeah. It's like part of it was punctured, not the oh, whole yeah. thing. So everything was spilling out. So he's drinking a bunch of water and is like spilling out the his esophagus. Oh my wow. Like crazy. Yeah. And like, you know, being eviscerated and like, you know, chunks of antler being embedded in him. And they've like found oh, yeah. all this stuff where you're like, they're hardy, robust animals, but they're also when they die in a violent fight, like it's it's fucking carnage, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a peaceful death. No. Well, nature's not peaceful. No. I don't know what the, like, what, what is this, like, Bambi propaganda yeah. that people are, like, fed as children where they, like, if they walk out in the woods, like, that's what I'm, that's what I was alluding mm-hmm. to earlier, where it's, like, a wolf and a bear and a moose, they're all friends, they're living in a fucking cave and reading bedtime stories yeah, to, right, to each right. other, and you're like, dude, that yeah. bear would fucking eat the, eat the calf. Mm-hmm. In front of the mother. Yeah. yeah. And then try to go. Like, yeah. Nature's crazy. I it's mean. crazy. Even like fawns and stuff. We'll find them uh, around the house. We live out of town. Oh, yeah. Uh, deer will have the fawns and the damn crows will come peck the eyes out of the fawns. I mean, just so they die and then they, they get to eat the fawns. I mean, so yeah. it's not just the coyotes and the wolves no. or whatever. Everything's after those things. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. We were talking about family. bears and how when the calves drop they're like there's a there's a i guess a, a, a increase in population in black bears and how they're just like cruising through just like eating cats. oh man this is good it's, it's like those cadbury eggs in easter yeah. it's <laughs> like my favorite, time of year. my favorite time of year they did a study that is fuck on these things these are delicious <laughs> they did a study at one point in time in the selway river and they figured 80 percent of all elk calves were um killed by bear holy shit 80 percent Yep. That doesn't surprise me at all. No. Now, so. with the introduction of wolves, which you guys were pro introduction to wolf and you still are, right? You guys really like Oh yeah. Introduction yeah. to yeah. wolves. Yeah, it's awesome. Sarcasm. <laughs> there, yeah. Yeah. Sarcasm. Yeah. yeah. That was a great thing. It was a great yeah. thing yeah. for the elk population in Idaho, right? Yep. Yeah. 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 We, you watched they the video about Yellowstone, right? The, yeah. The beavers yeah. came back and the willows yeah. grew again and they did. You know? The, the banks yeah. re- regenerated. Yeah. Nobody like, planted willows and nobody put new beavers there. I mean, they oh. just spontaneously grew. They did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you guys probably are better at the numbers than I am. Like, what has it done? What is the introduction of wolves back into the Idaho, Montana? What has it done to the elk population? Like numbers wise, well, do you know? Devastated. Uh, it's I, would, devastated. I would say in the back country of Idaho and the units that I'm familiar with yeah. that it cut the elk population by 80%. Fucking. Oh yeah. 80%. I would, yep. And it took it a while. Cause we seen, um, they introduced them, I think in like 96, 95, 96. Yeah, yeah. Well, I remember so, because my buddy in college, he was part of that. And that was 97 when we were at U of I yeah. and he was working on it and they had 12. So I remember because he's my roommate. Yeah, yeah, they had yeah. I know a guy that actually was down there cat on the North Fork. Yeah, in like '96, and saw the choppers. They had closed the North Fork off and had choppers coming in, planting the wolves down on the North Fork. Ha- happened to be one of the worst winters in in decades for yeah. the elk. Yeah, and here they are dropping wolves, dropping wolves. Yep, right in on it. So it was one of the worst winter kills at that time, uh, and they're dropping wolves anyway. But what we've seen is. The elk population actually came back um, from like 96 into the early 2000s 
but the wolf population was continued to grow. We right. started seeing sign everywhere, you know, come early 2000s. 2007, we had a really bad one, and I knew it was going to happen. Elk population was actually pretty darn good, but we'd had easy winters. Right. So the elk were able to, you know, live and avoid too much, uh, being devastated too much until 2007. We had a really heavy winter that year, and there was dead elk everywhere, bones everywhere. The really? wolves, wolves had just come in and had a huge feast that winter mm-hmm. after that man it was i can remember having one of the best hunting seasons ever to not being able to find an elk for like a couple of years holy shit yeah it just wiped them out and i knew it would i knew the first bad winter we had that the wolves were just gonna have a heyday and they did and then so, that yeah. heyday turned into more puppies and there's more those oh yeah. yeah yeah i mean it's just a so where is it at population are you are you seeing do you see a lot of wolves when you're out i see wolf sign yeah um my dad tends to run into him a lot really yeah he's a wolf magnet isn't he? he's a wolf magnet noisy is he looking for him um no no, no he's just no, he just runs into him he's you know he's 70 something he can't hear very well he's you know noisy walking and he just happens to walk up on him wow but that's wild but we see sign everywhere yeah. but you know now they allow people to trap they allow people right. to shoot them and so there's is a lot of good trappers is it is it putting an impact it on seems population? to it yeah. seems to yep the the wolf population is you know kept at bay a little bit and the elk seem to be doing a little bit better than they than they have been they it's do. definitely not back to, right. to to what i remember it being you know back in the 90s or 80s even, no i remember in the nineties, I was up in cook mountain. You remember that? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. That's that. And I remember looking at like the entire side of a mountain was like elk elk. Yeah. Like the entire yeah. side. I mean, it had to be 200 elk. Yeah. Like they, they had to combine. I don't know how many herds, but there was like, it's fucking 200 elk easily. I remember it distinctly. It was like the whole thing was like crawling with a roving herd. Yeah. You won't see that now. You no, might see two no. elk yeah they like statistically you know they they said in the clearwater region we went from about twenty four thousand elk in in 90 in the 90s to the last aerial f- survey after the wolves was down to like two thousand elk holy shit yeah yeah so what they want to do in colorado is re or they're reintroducing the wolf in colorado right which is stupid um, you know, well they've had all these little experiments to learn from right what the hell but so let me ask you a question then because like, I, I was i was trying to figure out like what is the long-term play in this or what it, i'm not looking for a conspiracy but i'm like i so here's my philosophy i'm mm-hmm. or my theory which which maybe it's not it's not a conspiracy or anything like i've got a couple of drinks in me so i'll just fucking rant <laughs> for a while i think this is an anti-hunting play I think this is a long-term play to try to balance the ecosystem and push hunters out. That's what I think. I'd agree with that. I've thought that mm-hmm. since day one. Yeah, have you really? Yep. So I'm not. So this is you're not, not the only one. I'm not the only one. Hundred percent. This is like. But we're not knowledge. in the 1800s anymore either. Right. I mean, the human influence on on these populations is is huge now. I mean, we we have to manage that. We do. Yeah. We're not. This ain't one big Yellowstone. No. No. I mean, I guess, like, what's the common narrative that you hear, like, for the pro-wolf introduction? Because it's not even the same fucking wolf. That's right. the other thing that I don't understand. Right. 
Well, I can go down a rabbit hole on that. Please do. Because you never hear anybody talk, all the smart people that talk. I, I'm, just I, a dumb, I, I'm just a dumb kid from WeIP. You and I both. Like I'm a, I'm a dumb kid from WeIP, and we're just a bunch of fucking hillbilly rednecks in here, so it doesn't right. matter. But here's my theory. Okay. So you've got all these different dog breeds, right? They've been bred for how long? Hundreds of years to have certain traits, right? Labradors, rat terriers, you name it. They've been bred for a certain task right. all these years, for right? Okay. The Idaho wolves, the original Idaho wolves, they had a menu this big. You could have this, you know, you could have deer, you could have elk, you could have this stuff, but it's a limited, it's a very limited, um, it's not a buffet. It's not all you can yeah, eat. Yeah. I mean, there's, gotcha. there's, there's an end to the animals, right? right? The Canadian gray wolves, which is what they put here since the dawn of time have been feasting on millions of caribou. They eat as much as they want for as long as they want, right. because there's that millions of caribou right it's With a spigot right yeah. you have that you put those animals that have that appetite right in a place that doesn't have that kind of a food supply right they eat it up pretty yeah. quick and i think that's what it, i think that's my personal belief is what that what the biggest problem was it wasn't like i mean a wolf's a wolf but a dog's a dog i mean no, but, no I, I understand that i understand exactly what you're saying like yeah there's a big difference between yeah. a rat terrier and a fucking Doberman pincher. Exactly. Right? Or pincer, right? Right. So have you heard, so I've, I have heard this a lot. What is the counter narrative or the argument to the introduction of a non-native species as something native? What, what is their, what is their, what is their fucking logic? Well, well they say a wolf's a wolf. You know, oh, if you look okay. at the DNA, so they're biologists the one day, but then they're generalists on the, uh, on right. the second day. Right. Got they, it. They say okay. the DNA is no different. Okay. So what they're saying is it's the same thing. Spe and same species. Same species. What, what's your undergrad in? What's that? What was your, what was your degree in? I forget. Forestry. Yeah. And, and business. God, I thought it was <clears throat> biology for some reason. No, no. I st actually started out that down that road. Right. Changed after about a semester. So, but you probably have researched this a lot too, right? Because you had to have been pissed off by this for the last like 20 years. So is there a difference between the, what is it? The Canadian what? Canadian gray wolf. Yeah, the Canadian gray wolf and what the original Idaho what you hear, all, you hear all the old timers talk. Yeah. And, you know, everything they say was a smaller wolf, less aggressive. Right. <clears throat> you know, a little more like docile. Yeah. Of yeah. an animal, maybe. Right. Um, yeah. And then they move in this this huge Canadian gray wolf to to hear. And... But so what was, what was the actual reasoning and methodology? What, what were they trying to accomplish? In the introduction, was it saying like we're going to balance the ecosystem by the by the introduction of this predator? Well, I think it's the feel good story. You know, it's like, well, the 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 wolves are almost extinct in Idaho. Let's bring some more in, and then, you know, just like grizzly bears or whatever else, yeah. you know, we want them to propagate and 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 have a, an abundance or a a, a very reasonable population of them right. to get things like they used to be. Why? Biodiversity. So, I mean, I was thinking about this, you know, because I mean, for whatever reason, I like to like walk around and think about these fucking <laughs> things. So, what is it that, like, what bookmark are we going back to? 
Right. Exactly. Like we have give or take yeah. how, how many billions of years, Derek? <clears throat> Two and a half. Okay. Let's call it 3 billion years. Are we going back to a fucking speck before the thing blew up and created a goddamn planet? Is that where we're going back? Because like we got a lot of work to do. If, right. that, if that's what we're doing, where's mm-hmm. the bookmark for perfection that we're trying to like put this in and say, this is where we're going back because all these futurists and environmentalists and all these supposed conservationists, which I would argue that all day long, mm-hmm. they're talking about like, we got to go back. And I'm like, you understand that the earth was actually hotter when the dinosaurs were here, right? You understand there's like, there's like all these different climate changes throughout. It's just cycles. It's cycles. Yeah. I, and I'm not saying like we haven't had an impact or anything like that. I'm saying like we have had an impact. So recognizing the impact mm-hmm. and then adapting what we've done to make sure that we don't like I'm the first guy to tell you like I love clean air and clean water because I think we kind of need that shit absolutely but 100% but if we're talking about the reintroduction of fucking animals like how far back do we go right saber tooth tigers I mean we're gonna, That's what I'm we gonna take DNA yes from a fossil and- like that <laughs> Are we doing Jurassic Park now? Right, like, right, that's right. like, oh shit, we found this thing in some like molasses in a cave. We're going to grow the motherfucker. Like, we're going to grow this dish. fucking Tyrannosaurus yeah. Rex because it was here. Yeah. You know, like, I that that's my question. It's like, right. what is it that you're defining as perfection? Maybe, you, maybe that's what's next. Maybe well, we bring back the T Rex. would be sick as fuck. a handful of fucking humans. I would love to see a bunch of humans. I would love to see a bunch of bow hunters. I would love to see a bunch of bow hunters and like, hey, we got to form a tribe because we've got a T-Rex out there <laughs> and my stick isn't going right. to get it done. We need like a hundred sticks. So yeah. this is a tribal endeavor. It'd be like Burning Man with a dinosaur. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Would you guys go to Burning Man? Would you guys go there? Is that something you guys would do? You guys, do you guys know what it is? Yeah. I, this is funny. I don't know. I, I've never, <laughs> yeah, I've like never been, but I didn't really know much about it. So made some new friends. And Solid. the the guy, he's like, oh, yeah, but we should go to Burning Man. I'm like, I don't know. That seems kind of, I mean, you just hear some crazy what shit that happens there. And oh, I'm we'll like, and, he's, and he was like telling about it. And I'm like, he's like, yeah, I mean, it's crazy as shit. You, you should probably go. I'm like, I'd probably go. Yeah. Just to see what the hell. I like weird people. I like seeing weird people. I'm, I'm a people watcher. Yeah, <laughs> I am too. You know, one of my favorite things now before we explain Burning Man to you. <laughs> is going to the airport and looking at people wearing t-shirt clothing as a fucking mask <laughs> because they've just identified themselves as like some of the stupidest fucking people on the planet. Oh yeah. Like, you understand that's like putting a fucking wire, like a, a chain link fence up to keep the bees out. Right. You understand yeah, that? yeah. Right. Oh, I got this chain link fence up and we keep my bees out of my yard. <laughs> like you're fucking retard. Like, that's you great. Just, like, you're a fucking retard now. Got it. You've identified uh, yourself as somebody. I don't know if I can use that word as a publicly traded CEO, but can I, Derek? All right, cool. So Burning Man. Yeah, so you're on top of that chain link fence that's keeping the yeah. fucking bees out, right? Yeah, we were like, I've got, I've got the stick. I've got this. Hey, sweetie, let's get this stick and let's keep the bees out of our yard. Burning Man. And how do we explain this? So Burning it's a Man, gathering. It's a gathering. A festival? Of people. Yeah. Derek, do you know much about it? It's a celebration of like this, like it's a light around this whole wooden figure that they burn at the end of the festival. Yeah. So Derek is like, if you guys, if you guys understand the term nerd, right? Derek's like a fucking, like he's like a super nerd. 
or in Germany, you'd be called an uber nerd. He knows goddamn everything. <laughs> so about, he's about way smarter everything. than us. He, yeah, he's like, he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's way <laughs> yeah. smarter than us, but he, he knows everything. So Burning Man is a festival. Nevada, California? California. Cal- California. So Burning Man is a California-based California festival. And all these people go out and it's about breaking paradigms, basically. So if you think about it in the context of everything that we know about social order is built on pre-existing infrastructure that we might not have, we haven't participated in. So it's to break all that apart. And there's a bunch of people on drugs, basically. And they're on psychedelics, like a lot of psychedelics. And do they got to have Prop 65 tattooed on them? Probably. Yeah, Yeah, they they probably do. I would imagine. But it's fucking wild. Like one of the guys from the office goes, and Mike Clancy is fucking hilarious. He's awesome. Former Force Recon guy. He's awesome, dude. He he goes, oh, yeah. But this is like another. So, you know how bow hunters are can you buy fucking freaks? tickets to sit up in the top row and watch this shit or? you can yeah. i think you have to buy tickets and they're like, oh really you really? it's a hundred i think it's like a hundred thousand people right i don't know the exact my wife would probably go know. just to Dude, watch people yeah she's the same way she'll go to vegas and it's, just fucking watch people it's wild it's yeah. like a light show and like yeah oh really yeah they have like like millions of people no it's like a hundred thousand like costumes yeah. Costumes. People dress up weird. Yeah, dress really? up weird. Like you know what we should do? So let's <laughs> let's do redneck Burning Man next year, where we just yes. take a bunch of fucking rednecks to Burning Man with us, and it'll be the most amazing thing ever. Where it's like, hey man, I've already got a bunch my... of shrooms. You got to go to this thing and watch the light show. Just see what happens. <laughs> like I think it'd be fun. Can we pick uh, our own costumes? Yeah, you can do awesome. your own costumes. I'm like, all in. We'll like put it all together. You know what we should do is see if Steve Ranello will go with us. And oh. then they'll be like, hey, it's a meat eater. Like, hey, check this out. I'm a burning man and there's a giant light in the sky. Yeah. Yeah. And you never know. You might you be for it. I had like a series of other questions that I had to ask. And then I like started drinking. And nah, like, no, no shit. <laughs> so when you classify. Oh, that's what I was going to talk about. Archery or hunting influencers. Okay. Right. Does it, um, I know, frame it up in the right context, which is some of these guys really fucking irritate me. Right. Like they're just like nauseating. Right. It's just like, it's fake as fuck. It's like high fence or whatever it is. Right. And I, right. and by the way, hey man, if you're, if you're like a high fence guy, I got no issues with that whatsoever. But right. don't be a high fence guy pretending like, you're out on public land <laughs> like that's exactly like, well that's like real walking. just yeah. be real Fucking man just like, the beans. hey man Have i you... went up and hit yeah. this thing with a hammer and now it's in now it's on my wall that's fine well yeah it's transparency right yeah. I mean, it's like yeah. a, a bodybuilder that would say i don't do steroids but i look like this but he does do steroids i mean transparent let me just admit it i mean you know i don't if they want to go do that great go go have on you ever, have you ever hunted a high fence range no, no you never have no how about you I've never really hunted out. I've never even really seen one. Shit, dude. What about like <clears throat> Montana? You ever gone like? I, I've been to Wyoming one time. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I drew. I drew a tag back in like 2010. So. Yeah, yeah I went with the Gunworks guys. It was. Yeah. It, it was fun. It was fun. It was a good hunt. So. Yeah. That's but it was a. It was a. Uh, you know. We were on Forest Service land. Right. Right. Know, back in. So. Well. It's fun. 
It's just like. Uh, but uh, yeah, if high fence. Like I've never even seen a freaking high fence. Well, I mean, it doesn't. Ranch for well, a... you know, you have. You know yeah. where you have is when you drive down to Riggins and when you're at Riggins. You got to turn and go up the salmon. Yep. But do they hunt right there on that? Yes. Oh, okay. Not like it's out there, but yeah, yeah. dude. Yeah, you've because they. Yeah, I've right driven there. up there one time to look at the elk. There you go. Yeah. 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 See? I didn't know they hunted right there. They don't hunt like in the pen, but out on the. On yeah. The but yeah. how many acres? It's a lot, man. It's a lot. Yeah. That's like um, um, Kenny Walters and those guys are awesome. Like, yeah. They're like they. So if you guys are ever in Riggins, Idaho, which is like a, nobody goes there unless they're going through it or they're rafting. There is an incredible jerky place. If you if you gone up to their place, they've got a little butcher shop, and they make I haven't. they Missing make out. they make jerky right like right, right there, there in their smoke shack. So every time every time I'm driving through, you got to stop. You got to stop, like it, it yeah. because it's elk jerky, okay. and it's like they've yeah. Got next time, drop some by the house, would you? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Just drop some by. I've got to stop. So and I tell my dad when he's coming down, I'm like, hey, you got to stop by. But now we have like seven elk a year that are in our freezer so i don't i don't have a lack of elk jerky but they're fucking awesome huh. people. yeah i'll have to stop in yeah but a high fence so let me explain high fence to a couple guys that have never hunted a high fence it's super fun one they do coal hunts where they have let's say an abundance of does that they need like 30 does hmm. like okay so you go out and you don't really have I mean, you have tags and a limit and all the, the, a lot of them, but you can fucking put as many does in the bag as you want, or <laughs> you can put as many boxes in the bag as you want. And it's not as if like you can go up and feed them out of your hand. Like you know, you got to go out and get them, but they're abundant. It's more grocery shopping then. Yeah, you're like, right. I want a whitetail, or I want three, or whatever it is. And mm-hmm. I had so much whitetail. Like, so here's a funny story. I'll tell everybody on the podcast and you guys, which is. So I was like doing this carnivore thing for a while. I was oh, doing yeah. this carnivore diet. And I had all this whitetail because I'd killed, I don't know how many fucking whitetail. And I went in and my doctor was like, you have like excruciatingly high iron levels. Like, what are you doing? Are you like, are you living in like an iron well? Or I don't know <laughs> if that exists, but I was like, no, I'm just living my cleanest life. Eating wild meat, you know, doing my thing. Well, that has a lot of um, minerals in it, so your iron, so it's high iron, and you'll fuck yourself up if you eat too much of it. Too much. And evidently, iron. if that's the only thing you eat, it's a little bit unhealthy. Yeah, hmm. Come to find out. So, are, are you okay to eat it now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so last limes. time I talked to you, yeah, you, yeah, you had limes. I still and, do. And, and, you don't get rid of it. Yeah, and it was uh, you couldn't eat red meat. Nope. I had I I took a year off of it. I had to take a year off of red meat because. I was, yeah. um, I got limes. I got, I was turkey hunting in Missouri and I had this fucking tick in bed in my belly button. You know, I've got just enough of a roll right there that I can't see it. And it took me a day. And then pretty soon I had full blown hmm. limes and I had, I had an allergy, an acute allergy to red, like red meat specifically. Huh. And it's like the, Alpha gal is the technical thing, Mm -hmm. and um, it sucked. Yeah, sucked. Yeah, like it's your favorite thing. You can't eat it. You were in Missouri, huh? Yeah, Missouri. 
Yeah, Missouri. Yeah, I was turkey hunting out there. And do you guys do a lot of turkey hunting? I, I did. I hunted quite a bit last spring. Yeah. Did you really? Yeah, I went to Kansas, went to Oregon. Yeah. What do you I, think? Um, it's not elk hunting. Everybody says <laughs> I, I can't get into it. it. It's yeah, the bulls in my spring. fucking yard. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to be twenty great big toms in my goddamn yard. You know, I think I could go out there and just strangle them if I wanted yeah. to or something. Yeah, you, know? you probably could. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, I've never gotten into turkey. I try no. to take my kids time or two, something to do yeah, in the spring. It's super fun for kids. We love to it's, shed hunt, so yeah. you know that's it's what we fun. do. I mean, people say, "Oh, it's the bulls of the spring," you know, but it, they're just like hunting elk. No, no, it's not. They're, Turkeys are assholes. No, and you got to work hard to be able to eat <laughs> the damn things. In my yeah. opinion, yeah, yeah. They're, you got to work. Oh, you gotta, you know, you gotta slice them real thin, and yep. you gotta age them, and soak them in this, and then roll them in that, and then fry them. That's too much fucking work. Oh, okay, that's what I was doing oh. wrong. Yeah. God. No, no, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> I was not doing any of this. Yeah, right. So now I get it. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's fucking gross. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's the greatest thing ever turkey. if you do this. Well, yeah. Jesus. I, I mean, I okay. I, I'll, I'll give. I'll give you that. So. Take a turkey breast and you rub it in mustard. <laughs> right. Spring mustard. mustard. Which this I mean, you could do this with, with pork or whatever right. you're trying to put on Traeger, right? You're gonna just put this on the Traeger. You rub it in mustard, then you put your seasoning on it because the mustard makes this seasoning stick. And Derek is shaking his head up up so, yeah. he's going it's yes. a thing. Yeah, he's tried this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. you smoke that That's motherfucker good, huh? for about five oh, hours. You smoke it. Five hours. About five hours or so. Depending, you know, you have to yeah, keep yeah. tabs on it. You don't yeah. want to overdo it. But uh my wife I mean, uh, my I, smoker I've killed a lot like of turkeys my wife's cooked a lot of turkeys really? you know every different way you can imagine but I made it like this on the train and she's like what is this well it's turkey she's like oh my god she like was fascinated with it can you make some more of that she, it was that really? it was that good so hmm. but it was smoked so got it yeah my kids will get in and want to shoot a turkey every now and then I'm like oh, that's fine but you fucking take care of it yeah I didn't want to touch one of them goddamn no. things I don't know why it's weird. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. I've never got into it. No, I. But archery turkey, I'm not into it. You're not. No. What? I mean, I don't want to sit in a blind. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're, I, they're, dude, they're, in a blind. They're designed to be shot in the face with a shotgun. Yeah. I mean, or a nine mil through the head. Right. Not legal. I would never promote that <laughs> as an option, by the way. <laughs> but yes. But no, shotgun hunting for turkeys is way funner because you can run and gun, right? You're not yeah, stuck yeah. in a blind. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're running gun. You call a man. It, it can be fun. Pretty damn frustrating. I mean, they can be really. I went on a turkey hunt last spring in Kansas with the most decorated turkey caller of all time. I don't know what that means. He's won, he's won more. <laughs> I don't know what that <laughs> right. means. Uh, like uh, us Westie, Westies, yeah. us Westies, we don't know like the turkey world. Like no, the, the I don't Easties know do. Yeah. So the, this guy. He's goes. Those East Coast guys are fucking crazy. They're fanatical. We think we're into elk hunting. Yeah, like yeah. we've been talking we about elk hunting. Yeah. Those guys are like, t they're like 10 times more fanatical yeah, about yeah. turkey hunting and deer hunting, whatever. But this guy, he's like, he's won more turkey calling contests than anybody else alive, right? Uh, the, the man is a damn walking, talking turkey. He sounds good. Chris Parrish, right? This okay. Guy. And uh, these damn turkeys, I mean, they give us the runaround. We end up having to hit hunt these things like deer you know you sit <laughs> oh, yeah. up you wait you ambush oh, yeah. them you waylay them yeah i mean because turkeys have a mind of their own they're kind of an asshole one day the next day they're dumb as shit i mean you just never know what you're gonna get on turkeys yeah. right so but so they can be pretty challenging but it was it was a fun hunt my idea of a fun turkey hunt would be put me in a fucking ghillie suit 
sprinkle some corn on me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then Strangle just fucking, him. Yeah, and catch yeah. him. <laughs> I can see you doing that. That'd be all right. Yeah, I can see you doing that. <laughs> yeah. That'd be awesome. Well, uh, that, that might be interesting. Well, Mark kept on talking about this elk hunt here. Where there's all these wallows. There's wallows everywhere at this yeah, place, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. And he's like, kept and you want to hide in the wallow? Like, like oh, Rambo. Yeah, so like good. Rambo. Like Rambo. You know? <laughs> we just see Dirk's eyes open, yeah. you know? <laughs> he rises up out of the wallow <laughs> with his bow drawn. Yeah. You know? I want to see you yeah. rise out of the wallow with like a Rambo knife. Yeah. That's next. You know, level. you can do a lot with a knife, though. You just <laughs> you, yeah, <laughs> got to be the right knife. Knives are yeah. good for digging and for killing. But yeah, there's yeah. So that'd be pretty cool. We talked about this earlier, but I got I got to tell this. I got to tell this. I got to like go in this fucking rant because mule deer hunters have like a, a fucking illness, right? We talked about this. Yeah, they, they do. Illness. They're crazy. They're crazy. I was trapped in a truck. I was telling you guys, <laughs> these fucking dudes. And I was like, and they're all mule deer fanatics. They were all talking about hunting mule deer and fucking stories about their stocks and like talking about grass and like all this. I mean, it's fucking nuts. And I was like, I'm going to either blow my fucking head off or I'm going to jump out of this fucking car. If you guys tell me one more fucking stupid story about a deer, I don't give a shit about it. And they're like, I can't believe. And they're like offended. You know, they're like, I can't uh, believe you would say that about mule deer. Yeah. Like mule deer. mule deer. Mule deer are incredible to hunt. I'm like, what did you say? You're like, mule deer is something. It's something to pass the time. That's it. That's right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's a, it is a time passer. That's all it is. It's like, yeah. oh, there's, this is the season and there's some other shit in here. That yeah, I season's fuck. over. I can't yeah, go yeah. anywhere. There's no more options. I got to do yeah. something else. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. There's definitely two camps of, you know, there's the mule deer guys and the elk guys. Oh, and, seriously? Oh, yeah. Uh, like, it's a this is a thing. Oh, yeah. shit. Okay, it's a big tell thing. Me, tell me about this. Yeah, yeah. Because and, I don't know about like these like the two mule camps. deer guys are just like, no, mule deer are the the premium species because they're a lot smarter, they're a lot wiser, you know, it's a, it's a better hunt because, you know, it takes a lot more skill. You know, they don't just walk around bugling all over the place and telling everybody <laughs> where they're at. You have to find oh, them. You, yeah. have to, you have to glass them up. You have to sneak in, you know, you're stealthy. Um, you have to kill them. And then when you kill one, it's easy to pack one out. Whereas an elk, yeah, I mean, an elk, packing an elk out on your back is a lot of work. Yeah. You should hear about my mule deer experience. <clears throat> so I shot this goddamn deer. Back in like 2004, I had this mule deer tag and it, I had to cross this place called Big Canyon. Some, you know, some of the listeners might recognize this, but I had to cross this. It was raining like fucking crazy down through these rock slides. I crawl up, I shoot this damn deer, it slides clear to the bottom of the canyon. Still raining like crazy. It was a big old muley and I deboned the thing. I had the whole deer in my pack, the head, the cape, the everything, the whole deer in my pack. And I was literally hands and knees trying to get out of this canyon and we're talking maybe a thousand fifteen hundred feet in elevation it's nasty. i had to gain yeah and uh i just are you talking about like big canyon in idaho yeah yeah down yeah. by was it yellow pine down by peck yeah okay yeah. Okay. yeah yeah so i'm crawling out of this fucking canyon with this whole deer on my back and it's raining pouring down rain and i get about halfway and i slide like 30 feet and i about tipped over backwards and i'm like fuck what am what the hell am i doing so i i dropped my pack and unloaded half the meat or whatever went to the, took it up and i came back and got the other half but shit i about died packing that damn muley out of that canyon and i got back and i had 
102 pounds of boned out meat, which I've never even freaking heard of that on a mule deer. That's ever. That's not the head and the horns and the rifle and all the other bullshit I had in my pack. But man, that that was horrible. And you were a mule deer aficionado from then that day. I I don't think I've ever shot one since. That's been (laughs) been 18 years ago. That was enough. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. Do you hunt by yourself most of the time? Yeah, I do a lot. Yeah. 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 So I hunt with my old man, uh, my son now. Yeah. I mean, he's into it. Right. He loves it. Loves to go. So. What's your preferred? Now, if if you didn't have kids, Mm -hmm. would you just prefer to hunt by yourself? No, you know, probably 15 years ago, yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, I explained it to my dad earlier. He was, it was like a job to him. Yeah. It was kind of like that to me. Like I, my stomach would start hurting a month before season. Really? I was so into it. Just wrapped up and going and, man, I'm going to land. I'm going to, I'm going to land 10 miles back and I'm going to kill this bull. It was just, I was that serious about it. Um. But so today, now, past good, now, uh, would you walk past good elk country to get further back? Yeah, in? just because I thought maybe somebody might be here. Got it. Right. So my yeah. goal is just to not see anybody. Right. So <clears throat> that's what I did. Now today, you know, I, shit, I'm, I'm having fun. Like right, this right. year, Dirk went with me. Bo, friend Bo, I, you know, I drew a really good tag in Idaho. Yeah. Um, fuck, we had a blast. We had a blast. I'm bringing my son back. Um, Bo's, I think Bo's coming back. And then another buddy maybe uh, with me and shit. But 20, 15 years ago, um, I probably would have been down here by myself and have my fucking track shoes on and 30 miles a day <laughs> trying to kill the 400 inch or whatever. Nah, I'm, I'm a little more relaxed. And You're yeah, more yeah, I'm having out. Yeah, a little more chill. Yeah. Just having fun. So, yeah. But I got a kid that I'm trying to do the same. And, and the problem is, is he's, he's turning into me already like it's it's a fucking job and, and i'm like right. all right i gotta i don't want him to be like i was i want him to have fun with it with his, <laughs> go with his buddies i don't want him yeah. to be go like, with his buddies and, right, and not right, that yeah, yeah, i had yeah. fun with it but right yeah so i like to balance it it's, I like, it's changed i like to i like to go by myself just to have that solitude and just like kind of right the ship yeah, you know yeah. what i mean just get out like have that alone time okay, I'm good again. But I also like to go with buddies too, like have yeah. a good time and talk and just connect and laugh our asses off and, you know, just have a really good time. But right. I like, but I also like to be alone too. So it's like, if I can do both every year, yeah. um, things are perfect. Girls are the best, man. You got a couple daughters, yeah. right? So, you know, I take my daughter out and it's just chill. She don't care if she kills anything. She's just happy to be out there. Right, right. You know, she wants, she wants to shoot something. But right. if she doesn't, it's not that big a deal. It's just so, you know, when I take her, it, it's just, it, it set me at that next level. It's like, okay, you know, you know, we don't have to kill something. Right. Every day we go or whatever. That's not what it's about. So, no. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because I think about that a lot where I'm like. Meanwhile, we're talking about mule deer. She's killed a 200-inch mule deer. Fuck, are you serious? <laughs> 12 years old. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, I'm not kidding you. Where? Yeah. It, same unit where I killed mine in the, in the pet country. <laughs> yeah. Holy 12 years shit, old. 12 yeah. years old and she killed a 200. Yeah. She'd never killed a freaking squirrel before, man. And That's the cool thing awesome. is it's not like never got in her head. Like, yeah, oh, it's yeah, this yeah. monster. I'm not like I'm ruined now. No. Yeah. Like, I'll ever... go shoot a little four point white tail. She's happy. Yeah. just loves to go. So, Have you ever killed a muley? Yeah. 
I mean, do you like yeah. it? You like yeah, yeah. I, I I like it, but I'm not defined not by it. it. No. no, I killed it. I killed killed a couple pretty nice ones when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, but then I had I didn't kill a I killed the last one in 1988. Yeah. And then then fast forward to 2019, wait 2020. Yeah, 2020. I was with my next mule deer I shot, and oh I God. shot one in 2021 as well. Really? In both of them in Montana. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they're cool. They're they're fun to hunt. What, what are these? Eight, so what are these bugling competitions? Like, what do you? Yeah. Where do you do this? So the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. Yeah. If you of course. will. Yeah. Yeah. They're... So every year they put on a. <laughs> Fuck off. That's awesome. <laughs> oh shit, right? That's so He's awesome. showing you that big deer. Dude, it's huge. Yeah, you guys like he showed me this <laughs> two hundred inch muley when it's twelve years old. Yeah. And awful. the thing was on the run and she whacked it. At like Are you kidding yards. me? No, fuck if she shoots at it, it's gonna die. She's that good? Yeah. She's got ice in her veins. She's gonna hit right. Just like her daddy. Yeah. She's anyway, right, sorry, sorry. Yeah, foundation. yeah. Good. So Elka, Are you done? I just lost camera. Main so, camera? Uh, both cameras. The first one went out a little earlier. You ran out of card, and then this one just died on me. Okay. So I got audio still going, so you guys can keep going? or. Uh, yeah, because we'll finish it out. Okay, yeah. We'll finish it out audio-wise. Okay. Is there That's anything right. left in that? Fucking yeah. Thing? Finish it out audio-wise. <laughs> so we, let's just lock the camera. How long have we been going, Derek? Uh, two hours. Fuck, really? <laughs> Man. Dude, this is awesome. No yeah. shit. Yeah, this is great. Uh, yeah, I'm not ready to be done yet. No, no, no this, this is good. No, this, this is good. great. This is great. We're gonna have to get into that uh, bird dog. Yeah, we might have to get into that bird dog. <laughs> Grab that peach bird dog, Derek. There was what, a half that, a bottle of that, that memory card on the main. Let's okay. fucking do this. Yeah, we've we've got some good spots that aren't horrible. Where do you? Where? Well, we'll have to get into this for the podcast. But well, you don't have to. Like, where do you? Are we live right now? Yeah, we're still we're still yeah, fucking we're still rolling, fucking dude. Right, we're still so we're still I rolling. Want? I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like this is a fucking this is a fucking great podcast. Like, yeah, this is the way they should be right here. This is the way they all should be. The, the late night, like the late. Oh, that's night. good shit. It's good, right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. fucking really good. Like we, yeah, you better not sit. It's gonna end up in your lap. Oh yeah, we'll we're we're just yeah. We missed dinner last night too, so that's all right. They'll put shit in the fridge for us. I'm not like, (laughs) I I mean, what am I gonna be a fucking casserole aficionado? Like, well, look at my arm. I mean, I can miss a dinner or two. (laughs) You look great. I don't know what you're talking about, man. I'm basically a fitness model. (laughs) (laughs) So we were talking about earlier before we got evilly interrupted by Derek and his fucking lack of memory cards. The Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation puts on Go an, an elk calling contest. Yeah, every year, um, in different locations, typically at their, aka elk camp or yeah. whatever. You know, it's like a big trade show. Yep. Um, that way, consumers can go there, check out all the cool booths. You can book a hunt in Alaska. You could book a elk hunt in, on the Apache Indian Reservation. I mean, you could. They got everything. You could buy a ShamWow. They've got fucking eight. They've got everything from you elk hunts to shamwows. You get one of those like shark knives that cover that cuts through a can. Yeah. You get a fucking shamwow. Yeah. yeah, the Ginsu. Oh yeah, the, the fucking yeah, Ginsu. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Ginsu two thousand. It slices, it dices. But uh, anyhow, so they have that every year, um, and uh, people compete. You go, you can compete at a, as a professional level, which people who are professionals are guys who represent or yeah 
anyway, guys, even girls could com- compete in the professional. So uh, if you represent, How is that if you represent Lady professionals, yeah, interesting. If you represent a call company, <laughs> Lady professional, right? It's like more of an anchor man. Lady anchor, <laughs> it's anchor man. It's anchor man, not anchor lady. Victoria Corningstone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, dude. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> all right. That's all right. So, anyhow, uh, if you work for a call company, okay. Um, if you're representing a call company, if you're demonstrating calls for a call company, you must enter the professional division. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. If you don't have the, that kind of affiliation, then you enter the men's. Or if you're a lady and don't, you know, um, represent a company, you can be in the ladies' division. Okay. Then they have a youth, oh, which nice. is like mm-hmm. 12 to That's 18. That's cool. Yeah. And they have a peewee, so under 12. That's fucking so, awesome. And the peewee one, it's always the best because it's right. always these little mm. two-year-old, three-year-old little kids getting up there and screaming through a tube, and they're That's, so damn cute. I'm going to awesome. identify as a peewee. Yeah, yeah, just like picture. thrash them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck those peewees. I had, I had a concept for a, uh, a TV series I was, I was going to do. It <laughs> was called uh, uh, T-Ball. T-Ball? <laughs> but it was about a male trans that identified as a child and entered into t-ball uh, and was like smashing fucking home runs like smoking cigars drinking whiskey <laughs> <laughs> saying swear yeah. words on the field yeah. get the fuck out of my way pushing little kids out of <laughs> identify as a 12 year old or whatever right and it's t-ball oh my god <laughs> you're welcome uh, for that interruption between yeah, your fucking you're welcome. Rocky I started it. Sorry. <laughs> okay so anyway so you you compete and there's there's seven judges, and they grade you on one to ten. Or excuse Who me, are one, these judges one to twenty. And where do they come? So from? What, what they're, gives them they're, the fucking throne to sit on. They're supposedly people who know what an elk sound like. So you'll have biologists, you'll okay. have outfitters, you'll have guides, you'll have maybe former contestants of the okay. elk calling contest. So people that should know what a damn elk sounds like, right? Right. And you got seven of them. They take the highest score, the lowest score, and they throw it out. That way, if there's favoritism or any hate, gotcha. they're like, yeah, we'll go ahead and throw those out. Right, right. And then they take the rest of the scores and tally them up. And whoever gets the most points wins. Right. So you're judged on cow calls. You're cow- judged on bugles. How many times have you entered this competition? Quite a few. Quite a few. I don't know what that means. Um, <laughs> shit, I don't even know. I think the Ten? first time I started was 96. Oh, shit. Uh, 20. Yeah. And then the last one I entered in was 2019? How many times have you won it? Only six. Only six. Only six. Oh. Yeah. I've, I've who's, lost Who's a, your main competitor? It. You never know. But who's won just as many as you have? Um, In or the more, men's. In the, in the men's division yeah. where I competed, I've, I've got I've won the most the most that's what i wanted to get at there you go i don't usually tell that i I don't usually tell that it's the whiskey talking it's a humble brag (laughs) no it's i think that he's fucking good yeah you go out there hence the fucking call sign right shit like hashtag the bugler hashtag the bugler like i think arguably you know a lot about communicating in the in the language of elk right I don't know what I just said, but it sounded good. It's right. You're spot on. Dude. I was. That I, was a great question. But you, 
you know a lot about it. Well, like, I've lived the life, right? Yeah. I, I feel like I've, I've, we talked earlier, you talked, you've really talked a lot about the, the lives Mark and I had growing up immersed in, in hunting. Yeah, right. Yeah. And like I said, I, I hunted every day of September and when I was in high school, think about that 30 days. Yep. Okay. As an adult onset hunter, let's say, right. Um, you get your one week a day, one week a year. Yep. You get seven to 10 days to go elk hunting every year. Right. I mean, to build the tactics, to build the knowledge, to build the chops. Right. It's going to take a long time yeah. in that kind of a, but to go out and mimic an actual sound of an elk, like, right. I mean, you know, as well as I do, right. you get out there and you listen and you're like, okay, that's an elk. That's a hunter. That's an elk. That's right. a hunter. You, yeah, you yeah. know, right. but it's a knack. Like, I don't, you know, there's people have tried their whole life to sound like what you sound like. Right. And there's no way in, they're not, they're not even close. I'm kind of a natural mimic. Cause I, I like to do voices and I like to like, I like to sing and I like to what, do, what, you know, was, I, who's, your, who's your favorite voice you like to mimic? Damn it, Bobby. I said propane, not butane. <laughs> Butane's a bastard gas. <laughs> I love to do Hank Hill. I mean, I do a lot of, <laughs> I, I love people like normal everyday people with unique voices. Like, like any, anybody, anybody okay. we might meet, there's some yeah, guy that, yeah, yeah. that talks weird. Then right, right. I'm like in my mind immediately, like yeah. trying to talk like that person. But it takes a knack to throw, you know, a diaphragm call in there right. and be able to mimic or sound really I, close to what an elk sounds like. Like most people will stand across the canyon from you and go, that's a fucking bull. That's a big bull right. over there. Yeah. And, and I'm going to go cross this fucking canyon after him. You know, yeah. I may not have been blessed with a fully functional brain. <laughs> I, I can I can use an elk diaphragm. I can sound yeah, like an elk. You can sound like an elk. I know. Elk. I mean, I, mean, I don't know how usable that is, but it's good because ultimately, are you known? Are you known as that the like one of the guys? I that, think that, that I think does so. it. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. People know my name. I'm yeah. kind of a big deal. Many leatherbound books. <laughs> yeah. Another Anchorman reference, <laughs> yeah. which is like fucking. I didn't realize this. I, I said this a while ago, but I didn't realize how I watched Anchorman for the first time after probably a decade. Oh, just recently. Really? And I was like, there are so many different references that we use and we've pulled into common our common vernacular. Oh, yeah. They're all they're everywhere. And you don't realize it because it's awesome. <laughs> It's an amazing uh, it's fucking one, movie. It's one of my favorites. It's an it's amazing fine. movie. Yeah. I I I was like, I was blown away by how fucking good that movie was, and how shitty other Will Ferrell movies have gotten. Right? It's like really Talladega Nights was like so fucking good. Yeah. And like, like all these movies were so good. And then what happened? My theory. I got a theory too. Do you? Go okay. Ahead. So. Chevy Chase used to make amazing movies. Like I, I watched every Fletch available. Like they're all amazing. He's funny like, shit. It's all about movies yeah. these days. Like it's fucking amazing. Like I, I've used I don't know how many Fletch lines. Derek doesn't know even what these fucking movies are. Like he's <laughs> yeah. like I actually have no idea. Fucking national anthem. Chevy Chase. Shit. Yeah, it's yeah, fucking it amazing. Fun. Yeah. When he was on coke, cocaine oh. made him funny. Oh. For the love of humanity and everything that is please great start in doing America, coke again. please. Start doing cocaine again. <laughs> so you can make be fucking a, funny, man. Make a few more movies. For yeah, us. Like, yeah, you can Crank save the world. Couple, dude, you could fucking literally save the world. We could bring Democrats uh, and Republicans together around, right? You know, what, what, fucking vacation. Come on, man, Fletch. Right. 
Like, start doing cocaine again, Chevy Chase. Make it fucking funny again. Right? I'm going to call some people. I'll make a phone call. Yeah. Like, good God. Do I got to fly this fucking dude to Columbia? Put him in a scenario where he's, like, directly against every fucking counselor he's ever had in his life just to bring back some amazing comedy. Shit's that was Chris, amazing. That was Chris Farley, too. Yeah. yeah. Right? It's like, listen, man, this is your public service. We know you have a fucking short lifespan, but for the love of God, if you could just do more drugs as a comedian and make yourselves funny, like, fuck me. Uh, it gives us a long and happy life. It, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's yeah. like music, yeah. too. It's like the, Like musicians, like when they were just like in the depths of drugs. They made the best music, and then they get they get sober, and then yeah, it just kind of falls away. It's just like, oh, this is not that good anymore. Yeah, I think that's why. I think that's why Kurt Cobain. I'm sorry. I think that's why his wife blew his head off because she was like, this dude is gonna. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You think she did it? (laughs) This dude is gonna quit drugs. He's not gonna be good anymore. Let's fucking off this guy. Right. Yeah, go out on top. Be. Go be out on top. top. What chat. you're going to rehab? Yeah. Wait, yeah. I got. Hey, what's your handwriting look like? You know what I mean? That's how. That's how. <laughs> Write this note. That's how. Yeah. Good man. She could sue me now. She'd probably watch what I said. Probably. Yeah, I did. I did. You guys ever watch? Did you guys ever listen to grunge when you were like? Oh yeah. Oh, oh fuck yeah. Yeah, you did. Yeah, oh, I yeah. Loved yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because like that was our Soundgarden. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That was it. Yeah. Love that music, right? Yeah. Allison Chains. What was, it, what was like the Fuck. first song you remember from the grunge area, <clears throat> grunge era, where you're like, "This is," and do you? Because I remember the time and place. Oh yeah. Do you remember? Oh fuck yeah. What was it? What, yeah. What song so, was it? so a buddy of mine, Josh Goodwin, he's like, dude, you got to hear this new CD. It's called Nirvana. Never smells, mind. Smells like Teen Spirit. I'm like, yeah. that sounds gay. And he's like, he puts it in, pushes play, and it's like. And I immediately was like, what the fuck did I just hear? This is amazing. Same time, same as like the first time I heard Metallica too. Yeah. It was like, yep. Wow. Mind was blown. Blown. Mm -hmm. Or Alice in Chains Rooster or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Do you remember? Oh yeah. What was your, was was the song that like kicked it off for you? It was, it was fucking smells like. Shut the fuck up. We are, we are all three. Yeah. Yeah. Really? I was driving. Yes. Yeah. I was driving up. I it. love fucking Nirvana, dude. Still, God. I was yeah, driving yeah. up the hill to the high school in Morfino, and he had one of those shitty uh, discmans yeah. that you plugged into your tape player yeah. that screwed up your tape player. Yeah, he put that thing in there. <laughs> I remember it clear yeah. as day, pulling into the parking lot, thinking, yeah. "My God, what the fuck is this? This is amazing." Yep. Yeah. You? Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah, and were? I remember. Uh, uh, what the fuck? Uh, so it was Soundgarden and Pearl Jam yeah, were yeah. together. What the fuck was the name of that band? Say Hello uh, to Heaven. You remember that yeah, song? Temple yeah. of the Dog. Temple of the Dog. Yeah. Which Temple was like Hunger Strike. Yeah, yeah Hunger Strike. Like, oh, yeah. That was good shit. <laughs> yeah. Shit was <laughs> awesome. Man. It was so good. I listened to that the other day. I fired it up. Yeah, like, Hunger oh, Strike. that's You're good. Right. And I was yeah. still Say Hello to Heaven. Oh, yeah. Know, I was rocking to that shit. So good. Fuck yeah. Do you remember where you were? Fuck no, no, dude. I'm 46, man. I can't. Dude, I remember it. though. Do you? Like just like he does. Yeah. I remember. I was in. You remember uh, uh, Jeremy Scow? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my buddy um, and I. I were see him every now and again. Hall and Ice or whatever. He's well, doing I don't know what the fuck he's doing now, yeah. but yeah, yeah. So we were in. 
we were waiting for him at his house. Yeah. And he popped in. On the corner of 20th and yeah, fucking Powers. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Wadsworth. So, this dude, yeah. Wadsworth. And I was in this his his mom's car. And he threw in <laughs> a tape or a CD. I can't remember. But it was Smells Like Teen Spirit. And it was like, what, what in the fuck? the fuck? Like, it was like mind-blowing. It was like, this is yeah. amazing. And I also remember that with Dr. Dre, the chronic. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. 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 I remember that, too. too. It was good. Like, Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre. Dude, like that, the chronic, that, that CD yep. was iconic. So good. Like, it was. It's so it's good. still good. It's still good. Yeah. It's still, it's still my holds kids up today. love that. I know. It. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. My, my kid's like, hey, Dad, listen to this. And I'm like. Yeah, I know this. I mean, that's old as shit. And he's like, oh, it's so good. I'm like, yeah, damn right it's yeah, good. Yeah, it's damn right it's good. Yeah, that's like... It's clear over there. Like, the chronic, I remember I went to some party in Lewiston when I was in... That's where I heard it the first time was Seriously? a party in Lewiston. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's where I remember it. Up in the and orchards. This, yeah, it was up in the orchards. We were probably at the same party. Maybe. Because we were up in the orchards and we were like... And we were at some high school party... And there was this dude that I didn't like and I was at his house and I can't remember exactly <laughs> what his name was, but he was like, he was like, you know how like there's the drug guys and they're like, they're, they're into drugs, right? Mm. but like there's guys that are not into drugs and right. there are guys that are like, kind of like dabbling. Like, but you party at the same place. Yeah. But yeah. you party at the same place. Yeah. So I went there and like, this guy was drug guy and I was like, never like, okay with drug guy. You know what right. I mean? Like, ah, right. this guy's kind of freaking me out. I'm like, yeah, I was like. But I was like, fucking chronic. Like, holy shit. This yeah, is really good. good. So yeah, good. it was yeah. so good. Mm. You're like, Dr. Dre. And you're like, but that dude, because when Snoop Dogg came on, you're like, what the fuck? Who the fuck is this guy? Yeah, who the fuck is this I dude? love that fucking guy. Yeah. Yeah. To this day. He's cool to as shit. Yeah, day. he's a good dude. He's a cool cat. Yeah. To this day, like, Snoop Dogg is yeah. legit. Dude, I have a cousin who's the white Snoop Dogg. Looks, looks just full on. Like, looks just, looks like, just him. like him. Really? Yeah, it's a twin. Huh? He's a yeah. twin Snoop Dogg. Yeah. yeah. Doppelganger. If what do you, you will. listen to now? Um, I don't listen to country. I refuse. You don't listen to country music no, at all? No, <laughs> no. I I like '90s country. Let's let's just. What's what's I'm gonna be honest. country? You? What, George Strait. Yeah, yeah. Of course, Brooks yeah. and Dunn. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know Clint that kind Black. of stuff. Clint Black. Yeah. That stuff. But I love that music. But I've heard Shit, it so nice. much. I'm just like. It's like eat. Do you sing to it? Oh yeah, <laughs> you do. Oh god, I can yeah, yeah, karaoke yeah. the fuck out of it. Yeah, all of yeah. that. Clint, Clint Black. Oh yeah, Brooks and Dunn. Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. George Strait. Mm. Well, excuse me, but I think yeah. you've got my chair. How about this? Or, or Amarillo by Morning. Oh yeah, that I one? love that one. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, so I got them all. You you want to greatest hear... hits? I'll sing every damn one of them. Do you still so you sing? Wanna, you want to hear? You hear... straight. You're you going to a concert? I am. Yeah. So you want to hear some like some fucking crazy shit, right? So you know, you guys know how I grew up. Like, yeah. When my dad, when my dad and mom got divorced, my dad and I like we had this like house up in the middle of nowhere. I had two lawn chairs and a fucking milk crate with a black and white TV. Like that's how I grew up. Like yep. that's literally mm-hmm. and. We came from the same family. Yep. Like we were not. <laughs> I could drive to that fucking house that you grew up in. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> right yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So like 16th Street. We yeah we had yeah, nothing. 
Like, I mean, not, not nothing. I mean, yeah, like, that was that. That was before the divorce. Right? Yeah, before that was uh, thirteen, yeah. and then seventeen. But, but you guys know how I grew up, right? Yeah. So, there are these moments of like crazy, fucking epiphany and surrealness where oh, you're yeah. like, so, like. We, we share basically this like same DNA, but like there's times when I know like I'm living in a fucking crazy life. Like at, at times like where I'm like, this is nuts. So uh, I, I was talking to somebody the other day about this where, you know, Johnny Morris, you know who Johnny Morris is, right? Yeah. The owner of Bass Pro. I talk to him every week. He, he calls me and texts me. Really? Yeah, I talk that's to him all the time. Ass. That's badass. No, it's, and, and this isn't like a brag. I'm not bragging at all. Like, He's a friend. It, it's crazy. It's like incredibly like humbling and fucking. Dude, I nuts. call you every week too. <laughs> yeah, you never pick up, asshole. You never pick up <laughs> because you don't have my right number. But like Johnny's like texting me, he's like, "Hey man, how's your wife's bull? How's your how's your wife's elk hunt going?" I'm like, "This is fucking Johnny Morris," and he's texting me on the phone, and I was like, "Oh, like, this is fucking wild." You know, because like he's an icon of yeah. like, American outdoor retail. Like he's right. an amazing human being. Right. He's incredible. Well, I was in this, I was at this place the other night. I was at this guy's house and I was having drinks and cigars with John Rich from Big and Rich, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's just like playing, playing the guitar oh, and hanging out. Man. Dude, this is not lost on me at all. Like yeah. this is fucking wild. You're just drinking it in. Bro, because like these yeah. dudes are crazy. They're 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 like crazy like they're they're famous and they're talented and I'm like I'm sitting here and I'm like what the fuck am I doing here? Like I'm like I am should not be in this room. Like I I don't even know how to smoke cigars. Like I'm not I'm not a guy. <laughs> I don't know how to do this. Like oh yeah. yeah, like this is fucking totally normal. Like that's like that's not the lighter of it and that's not a cigar. That's a burrito and that's you're lighting, crayon. You're, right, you're lighting the wrong end. You're an idiot. You're right. You don't like the pointy end. You cut that off. You know, like you're an idiot. So it's not it's not lost on me. Like in any stretch of the yeah, you know where you came from. Dude, yeah, it's wild. But you, like, yeah, you, you fucking hit that though. Like you're, you're fucking there. Oh man, like everybody I, knows that name. Yeah, I don't know yeah. about that, but I, it's cool in what, some ways. What's right? cool is you're the same fucking dude you've always been. Like, yeah, <laughs> I actually think I'm better. Yeah, in the context of like, you've grown up a bit. Yeah, because like I was kind of an asshole, man. Have for, you really though? <laughs> I haven't grown any taller. Yeah, <laughs> maybe like a, there's a few more uh, gray matter folds in yeah. there, but like there are times where mm. you know when when like um, oh dude, well, I seen you at back Big Sky last year. Yeah, yeah, right. I hadn't seen you in a lot of years, ten yeah. years probably, easily. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I just stood up from the table and you seen me. I seen your face light up. I was like, fuck yeah, that dude's the same dude. He's always fucking been. <clears throat> Yeah. yeah, I think so. And I'm a nobody. No, you're you know not. what I'm saying. No, you're I'm not. a nobody. You're a fucking. Yeah, you came over and gave me a big hug, and I was like, "Yeah, that's fucking guy. You're never, fucking. He's badass. never fucking changed." No, I. Yeah. But that's the the weird thing about this is like I feel like a voyeur at sometimes where I'm like a voyeur in my own life where I'm like, "This is fucking nuts, dude. Like this is fucking it's badass. nuts." That's what it is. Well, like, like, like Joe's a good example, right? We're like, he's. It's Joe Rogan. Joe fucking yeah. Rogan. Joe fucking Rogan. <clears throat> yeah. And like we're hunting in California together. Just yeah. two of us hanging out. You're like, what the fuck is going on right now? Like, have I 
been transplanted from a fucking different universe and put into an experiment right. where you're like, hey but, man, you're not supposed to be here, but let's just see how this fucking dude He's just that personality, <laughs> right? I mean, fuck. It's fucking wild. Yeah, yeah you're like, ah, this yeah, is I like, watched Joe Rogan. Dude, I love that guy. Like, he, he's cool. He's yeah. super cool. Yep. And like, but the cool thing is, is like, when you, when you think about all these like different people, but you know, you guys are, are like, what you do is what so many other people what they aspire to do so like when you say things like it's 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 denigrating to a certain degree because you're like people want to go out and have the ability to go out and hunt alone like they want to do that you do it you just do it because that's who you are there are people in social media that make that look cool but you're not in social media like at all right no no really i'm not now yeah so like what you do is now like obviously cool, but what you do is like you guys are fucking really talented and incredible people that do really cool things. And what people aspire to do is to do the things you want to do. And like what people post in social media yeah. is what they pretend they right. pretend I'm just not to a fucking do what sales you guys guy. do. I'm just not a fucking sales guy. I've never been. A <laughs> you can't sell guy. yourself. Yeah. No, no, I can't. You can't brag on yeah. yourself. No. Yeah, you're, well, no, yeah, you're I, literally I, I it's probably the most, one of the most humble right. people I, just, I know. I just do it. I just, just do, do it. it. Yeah. 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 But it's hard. It's it's hard to sell yourself. It really is. Like, it's fucking difficult, it is. man. Yeah. And not like hard in a... This is really hard. It's like, it, no, man, it's, it, it's, 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 it's an ethical right? quandary. It's an right? ethical You just quandary. don't want to put yourself with that. No. You just want, oh, I'm just a normal guy that does what I love to do. Right. Yeah. Just happen to be good at it. Just happen yeah. to be good at it. Yeah. Which, yeah. which I think that's where a lot of these influencers kind of go wrong. They're, they're trying to make a name for themselves in the whole spirit of making a name for themselves. Yep. Whereas the whole time, my, my motives of what I do, I put myself out there because I I love what I do and I want to share it. Okay. And some people like it. Some people don't. Um, I don't care if you like it. I, I, and if you do great, thank you. I appreciate that. But I feel like being, just being real, put yourself out there, be real. And the people that are into that will find you and follow it and like it. And if not, but if you do it for the wrong reasons, if you're trying to just to try to make a name for yourself, I think it, you're doing it for all the wrong reasons. All the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think, I, and I struggle with that. I, I struggle with just putting myself out there. Yep. Yeah, it, it's hard. Like I remember, because I came out of like a, a profession where you couldn't promote or put yourself out there in any regard. Right. And just like selling is hard. Mm-hmm. But I think where you know, being a salesman in the context of like, you gotta, you gotta ask, you gotta ask for the conversion, right? Like being a salesman is something that's, it's difficult. And I don't think it's compromising in the context of like, people want to buy shit. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And they want to buy shit from people that are like trusted resources. So once I like cross the psychological threshold into, I want to buy shit. I want a good salesman. Everybody appreciates a great salesman. Everybody yeah. does because yeah. they're like nobody likes like the traditional used car salesman. Right? right? They right. want to yeah. know no shit brass tacks. And that's me. I'm fucking black or white. That's it. 
right? Yeah. There's no it, fucking sugar coating. No, it's binary. No. It's like zero and one. It's like it's good or it's bad. Like yeah, that's right. what they want to yeah. know. Right. And I always consider myself as like the guy that's like, hey, I'm just a fucking guy that's like selling you shit. But I'm trying to do it in a very honest and authentic and right. transparent right. way. <clears throat> you know, where, you know, I, I don't really like I have terabytes of this stupid show that anybody and their fucking brother can listen to. I'm really not. Derek, I'm not forcing you to attest to this, but am I any different in the show than I am fucking in the office? No, I'm no different. Yeah. Like I'm zero. Which, like, which is fucking awesome. Zero different. Yeah. Because it's like people need an authentic voice. Oh, yeah. That's what I was going back to too. Like with not ADHD jumping around. But so Don Jr. was out at the house. It's fucking wild just to, for me to say that. But Don Jr. was out at the house and we were having dinner be- the night before he did the podcast. So he's like, my kids are climbing around on him and like my wife and everybody's there. And like Don Jr., you know, and I'm not like saying like he's a celebrity in the context. Like he's just like, it's Don Jr., right? Yeah. It's like he's, DJ's a fucking, he's the general of the meme wars. Right. And he's a fucking super rad guy. He's been my friend for a long time before it was like Don Jr. is Don Jr., but that guy's a super accomplished hunter. He fucking he is. Yeah. He's a he's like you have a lot no shit legit guy. Yeah, he's not and, just a figurehead. No, dude, he's, he's like a, he's a normal. He's dude. Playing with my fucking kids and yeah. like you know cutting cheese on the cheese board and like you know <laughs> yeah. like like hanging out like a normal fucking person. Yeah, yeah. He's just yeah, he's just a fucking good dude. Just a good dude. Just like if he was sitting right here at that that table, he's just like us. Yeah, we'd be. Well, he doesn't really drink, but if, if we're drinking, like he would be like cutting cheese and hanging out and telling fucking dick jokes, just like we do. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. So we do. Yeah. That whole context of this, which I lost my train of thought, was <laughs> yeah. people are all the same. So they whether are. Yeah. you think they're cool in social media that <clears throat> sometimes are fake as fuck and they're inauthentic. Right. right. Most of these people like what they're aspiring to be is like authentic. Right. But they're fake. Right. Because they're mm-hmm. they're just trying to make it look like they're real. They're trying too hard. They're trying way too hard. They're trying way eh? too hard. Yeah. To be yeah. salespeople. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Like, yeah. Yeah, I made this fucking backpack and uh designed it myself. And you it's did? it's a fucking badass product, but I'm fucking not a sales guy. I cannot yeah. Uh, there's one of these guys running around with it right now. So I fucking gave it to him. Yeah, this is the Packer guy or whatever. It's so good. I was like, fucking use it. Right. Tell me what the fuck. Tell me what's wrong with it. Tell me what you hate about it. Tell me what you like about it. But wouldn't matter if it was the greatest thing since sliced bread. I'm not a fucking good sales guy. It's tough, yeah. dude. I love it. I use it. It works for me. Doesn't mean it's going to work for you or you or whoever. But that's where I step in. Yeah. That's where <laughs> I'm your marketing guy. That's where yeah. Google yeah. Yeah. Steps yeah. In. That's but it, but it's real. Like Matt and I have this debate, and believe it or not, like we have this debate all the time. We, we are really uncomfortable in asking, like asking for the conversion. Believe it right. or not, right? Like it might look like it's easy, but we we wrestle with this all the time. Like right. we wrestle with because like we don't like like he's more comfortable at times, but I'm not. Like I don't like being even in the 
even in the public eye in any way, shape or form. Right. Like, I don't like it. I just see it as like, Hey, this is a necess This is a necessary evil. Like what I would prefer to do. And I'll ask Derek, he's sitting here. He works for us. What do you think I'd prefer to do more than anything else? Be out here and do this. Yeah. Be with your family. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be with my family. Like be in the mountains. Like just doing mountain shit. Yeah. But like <clears throat> business is business. Business yeah, is business. But the thing is, is it's tough to real realize people want to support the people they admire or they think the things they they're interested in. Like they respect what you guys do. You know, they, they like the silly videos. They like what? Well, have you ever wore a fucking suit and tie? Yeah, for sure. When I worked yeah. at the agency. Okay. Yeah, but, but, but outside for of black, no. for black. Not. Yeah, absolutely not. Yeah. No, I refuse you just to. fucking casual. You're doing the fucking thing you love business being Evan Hafer. Yeah. Like, and it's yeah. fun, man. Like, like some of the most fun I've ever had is like when I go to Lewiston, I was at stinker station on the way out of, um, you know, across the, Bridge going to Orfino, you know, that sinker station on the yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. And like I'm sitting there at the gas pump. And like some dude will be like, What the fuck? Like, You're Evan Hafer. I'm like, I am. Yeah. As a yeah. matter of fact, I <laughs> am. Just dude. me. I'm like sitting here filling up my F F one fifty, you know, or my raptor yeah, or whatever. Just like any other Yeah, like Yeah. Oh shit. And like some dude was like losing his shit because he's like, Oh my god. Oh my god! Like I gotta get my girlfriend, and my kids. I gotta call my uncle. He's fucking like, humping your leg, like, you know. I love. <laughs> like, like it makes you uncomfortable a little bit. I'm like, yeah, man. Like, where are you from? He's like, oh, I'm from Cameo. I'm like, oh, I'm originally from Weipe. He's like, what the fuck? You're from Weipe? I'm like, yeah, man. Like I'm Mike right up the road. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I tell yeah. people I know Evan. I grew up with that. No way. <laughs> you know so fucking weird. Evan Hafer? Seriously? Yeah. 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 It's, it's wild, man. Like, yeah. He's yeah, the same dude wild. he's always been, man. Yeah, probably better. Great fucking kind of guy. A fucking asshole great fucking for a guy. while. I don't know about that, but yeah. he's a fucking asshole for a while. I don't know. I think, like, because you used to live right across the street from like McFarland back in the day. Yeah, right? yeah. So like, yeah, I used to be good buds with Brad McFarland. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he lived like one street back, and that, so yeah, we we basically lived at each a other's house. Super good dude, man. Yeah, and he's in Portland, I yeah, think. Yeah. I yeah. see him on uh, social media sometimes, but it's yeah, been a long day, yeah. time since I've seen him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love that guy. But, like, a guy like Brad is a perfect example. Like, super humble, very yeah. nice guy. Yeah, dude. Like, Best looking so, dude in the world, man. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, like, like a freaking, he's like an yeah. Adonis. Yeah, he is. And we're, like, we're, we're the same. I think social media, at times, it's like, man, they promote this, like, this artificial world where people mm -hmm. live in, where they're like, oh, well, cool. Like you got these likes and you're like, and then people are driven by likes, which obviously we know doesn't fucking mean Jack or shit. Right. Because we also know like there are influencer hunters and then there are hunters. Right. And then there, yeah, yeah. there are killers. It's like, yeah. Oh, there's a big difference. Like, yeah. There's like, there's very few people that transcend all and like unite around that center Right. gravity right there's there's guys that we've never even heard of or nobody's ever heard Fuck of no. there's guys from there's Clearwater no County that nobody's ever heard of yeah. that are oh, like awesome way dudes. better way better killers than guys we'll ever we look be. up to yeah guys yeah. That we look up to yeah a guy named yeah who are Dol the guys you you guys guy named Dolan really in, yeah Dolan yeah. McLean's yeah. his he's name. still falling timber yeah he's, a, he's old he's like five foot five or whatever but man How he's a backcountry nut 
Seriously? He's got to be some mid-60s. Yeah. He's hey, still he was packing elk quarters still, out on his back. Still falling timber. Awesome guy, too. The nicest guy in the world. Yeah. Nicest guy in the, the world. The nicest guy I'll ever yeah. meet. And he's just like... Nobody will ever know about him. Because no. he's just some small-town dude that loves to do it. Right. Yeah. Just loves to Just do his it. way of life. Yeah. Well, I think there's a lot of people like that. Oh, if they're committed, way more. If they're committed to the... The thing, yeah, he don't do it. No, he don't do it for anything other than I love to do it. Yeah, yep. yeah, no notoriety. No. Yep. Yeah, I can I can definitely see that because there's a ton of those people out there that are like, yep. I want zero recognition. This is my passion. I don't give a fuck about right. anything other than the thing that I do. That's it. Yep. They just want a normal life. They don't want a any recognition or whatever. They just yeah. They're happy to just go through their day and do what they do. Yep. Yeah, those guys were packing. Those guys were packing bulls out on their back with old fucking pack frames for miles on them end. old fashioned so, ones. Yeah, those, so those, long. Do you know, remember this canvas shit? Yes. This canvas strap. Your dad had oh, some. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 Those things, things. were. Torture device. Torture device. That's exactly what it was. It was a fucking torture device. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're a fucking teenager and they're like, this is what you're going to wear. And you're like, this is what you wear? Right. This is a thing that you wear? Yeah. It's a board. My dad was always into backpacking. So we always went backpacking. Every year we go on a backpack trip. So, and that was it. You know, he had these old, fuck, I don't even know what the brand's. No, I remember. Yeah, because they had the external frame. The external frame. The external frame. It's like, Hooked into the top with yep. a pin. You remember yep. that? They had the rivet. Yep. Uh, and then a pin. Oh, yeah. The they top. had the little then, little pin with the little fucking yeah. ring that goes like, yeah. You, yeah, dude. Yeah. Is that, yeah. Is that okay. like your new pack you built? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no. Dude, I still. No, it's I, badass. I love the external frames. Yeah. I love them. It's They're, an internal frame, but it's like an external frame. Yeah. 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 Like, I love so, them. Yeah, an external frame is, it's a load hauling. Beast, you know. Beast. Yeah. So funny thing is, my buddy John, who's a double leg amputee, uh, Jonathan Blank, my so my buddy Cole Kramer and John, so Cole and Trevor Thompson packed him into a sheep hunt in Alaska, double amputee with a with a modified external frame backpack, packed him into the backcountry and hunted with him. Like he's John's one hundred. What do you think? One hundred thirty-five pounds. He's 135 fucking pounds. And they're packing. And they're packing him into yeah, a sheep hunt to badass. fucking kill a sheep. I got to show you this. Like, wow. That's fucking It's cool. fucking nuts. That's fucking cool. These guys, like Cole so, Kramer and Trevor Thompson, like badass. So Dolan yeah. McClain, the guy that I just yeah. rent, he backpacked that freaking uh, Jesse Jackson, this guy's name. Oh, yeah. Yep. So he was the same thing. Paralyzed guy. Backpacked that motherfucker around on a moose hunt. In Idaho, he, yeah, in Idaho. So he got a got a moose, yeah. And Dolan's not a big man. He's no, a he's small stature. Yeah, right? yeah, he's a small yeah. stature fella. Yeah, you know? dude. But just a genuine. Where dude. does this guy live? Dorfino. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The the dude was sawing. He was felling trees at sixteen years old. Yeah, for potlatch at the time Holy until they shit. found out how old he really was. And I think they wouldn't let him work. He'd been lying until to he him. was eighteen. He was lying. He was, like, he was going to work. He had a so kid. He's been working... He had a kid when he was young. So he's going to work to pay, you know, to make a living to pay for this for this kid sawing at 16 years old. Yeah, these are the stories that people like. I think yeah. like, these are the stories where that, that need to be told about yes. how these guys, yeah, like who these guys were and what they did, and just 
their behaviors and what they what they yeah. what they did. Yeah, me and Dad were coming out of the Norfolk last year, um, hunting season. Dolan was setting up a camp and he had a stove and stuff, and so we pulled in there to to bullshit him. And he he'd been sick. He had a back injury and he had a big infection in his back, so he wasn't supposed to lift any weight. So you know, we unloaded the stove and we set the stove up for him and shit, but fucking positive guy he's just like oh i'm just so happy to be out here i'm just god i'm just happy to be alive and be out here you've been fighting sickness and stuff hadn't been able to work for six months um just fuck it's like man this guy's an awesome dude yeah it's funny where i think that perspective from people where you see guys like that and you're like oh yeah this is what they're this is what they're about and this is like driven true happiness this is their life yeah it's just their life like when you think about outside of sex <laughs> what <laughs> the most physically fulfilling activity you do what is it elk hunting yeah okay yeah I that's mean, what i'm saying i mean that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I always say it's right. the most fun you can have with your clothes on. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, dude, that's what I'm saying. Like, like we all agree yeah. to oh, include yeah. my wife. Yeah, she's like, I, I asked her the same question. I was like, excluding sex, most, you know, same question. She's like, oh, elk hunting. I'm like, no questions, zero fucking hesitation. It was like elk hunting, elk hunting, elk hunting, like elk hunting. Period. That's she's awesome. immediately. All in on elk hunting. All yeah. in. Like, chips in. She's like, I want to move somewhere. Like, how do we fucking get closer? <laughs> right. Like, what do we do? We want to like, live hey, by elk. Yeah, yeah. She's like, yeah. hey, dude, like, what what, what the fuck do we need to do to change our life? I'm like, do we need to, like, move into a school bus and, like, travel around the like, what like <laughs> Yeah. No, it's like September. That's kind of what it is. Like, yeah. you know, but. <laughs> so my wife, shit, I took her hunting before we had kids. Right. So we went up there. Uh, Greer grade, Smolensky's on that, all that property yeah, and shit. Yeah. She whacked a pretty good buck. Um, the next year she killed a bull and a buck and then she killed another bull. And then we had, then we had kids start having kids <clears throat> and it changed her. Like we went up, we were six miles in one day and I shot this fucking whopper of a bull. Right. And we'd spotted him, we watched him uh, down on the river. Okay. Yep. And, uh, we'd spotted him from a long ways away. And, and we ended up hiking back up in there. We were six miles from the rig, and we shot this bull, and she was with me. I turn around, and she, she's crying. <laughs> I'm like, shh. I was so excited. I whacked this. It was a big five-point, like 330-inch five-by-five. Whoa. Yeah, that's really nice awesome. for that country. Turn oh, around. That's awesome. She's, she's in tears. 335-point? Yeah. Whopper. We watched him the, year, the, the night before, and so we ended up, getting up there and calling him she actually spotted him when i actually killed him and I, sh- I shot this thing he went like 20 yards and tipped over rifle hunt right um turn around she's just covering her face t- she's like i don't know man I, I ever since she had kids or just her hormones and her emotions changed you know she hasn't hunted since you know so yeah I can see that six miles in, she's like. Oh, but she fun. she was a trooper. She, I mean, I loaded her up with all the back straps and and the tenderloins and all that. Probably 40, 50 pounds. Right, right. Down off there we went. She we dropped probably fifteen hundred feet in elevation. She was tired at that point, so we hung it in a tree. And I came back the next day and got the rest. But yeah, that's fucking epic. Think about that. Yeah, 
Think about most people in their relationships in their lives never experience an endurance event like that. Right. Together. Right. They don't do it. They never have that experience. One of my most, like these cherished moments of my life are like these physically exhausting, kind of dangerous events that I do with other people, right? Like, like it's one of the psychological binding elements of combat where you're like, you're physically and psychologically exhausted and then you're connected by the extreme nature of the event. And I'm a firm believer in these, what's called team events, which is like coaches do tens of thousands, hundreds, billions of dollars worth of fucking events around like how to fix your relationships. I'm like, well, the way you fucking fix your relationship is by welding it together through fucking hardship. That's yeah. how you do it. And you can do that through forced measures, which could be like financial hardship, could be like enduring all these different things. You can also do an artificial um, forcing function that would allow you to bind your relationship together through trust in the context of like, this person's a fucking badass. I have respect for them. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the most important things where it comes to relationships. It's like, man, if you, you have shared context in packing a lot of weight out of the mountains with your partner. Yep. Like my dad was there that day. <clears throat> I watched that bull the night before we hiked in there, killed him at, we left the truck at probably four, took us till 1030 to get to him. I killed that bull. I thought, oh, it's a pretty nice bull. So we put the rack on my dad's back. So we have this entire bull on my dad's back, my back, my wife's back. And we're heading off this steep ass hill, blowdowns and shit. And my dad was trying to hike off the steep hill and the beams were just hitting the ground and launching him. Like, oh my fuck, God. he was lifting his feet off the ground. And I'm like, that fucking thing's bigger than I think it is. Like one beam is like 57 inches. I mean, it's a, it's a big bull that's for that country, big for that, bull. for that area yeah. of the world. 57 inches. That's still yeah. a big bull. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was a great day. My dad was there. My wife was there. Me were there or I was there. So that was, it was fucking cool. Really cool. But, yeah. That's, a, that's an incredible experience. Yeah. Like the most binding experience. A lot of people have. If you Google like, Mark Cochran elk. Yeah. That fucking picture pops up. Seriously? That's the one. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Google it. Everybody yeah. like, go yeah. Google that. Yeah. That's uh, like the first fucking thing that pops up. The most binding experiences for some families is going to be watching Frozen. Right. <laughs> right. Just to put it in context. Or, or Disney World. Yeah, or yeah. Or whatever. We went know. to fucking Disney World. Like, uh, oh. I don't have fucking internet here. I'd show yeah. you. Oh, did you pack a ton of fucking weight out of the mountains? For hours on end, and you question yourself. You start questioning your decisions in life. Yeah, yeah. When you got a, a, a lot of weight on your back, and you're like, "What? What happened to get me?" Here no, no. Right now? You, yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah. Like when you have a lot of weight, and this hurts. Fucking pain. Yeah, is grinding into your soul, and you have to dig deep into the center of the gravity of your own <laughs> galaxy to be like, "Holy fuck, I have to get out of here," <laughs> and I'm committed. Yeah. There's nothing else. Like, I have. It hurts so much. I've killed a few bulls. It takes me. It's taken me four days to get out <laughs> in rifle season. So we're not, we're talking ten miles 
one way. Fuck off. To grab a fucking load and come out. So 20 mile round trips. So I do four loads, right? The load I where I killed him, I'd bring one out always, and then three more days to pack the motherfucker out. That's so, you're a fucking crazy person. Yeah, you're fucking, like a certified yeah, psychopath. Yeah, I'm fucking nuts. I need to be on meds. <laughs> Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Ten miles in, I'd be like, I'm not shooting that yeah. goddamn thing. There's no fucking way. I, I am not shooting that thing. Yeah. You'd think all the talks he had with himself on those trips <laughs> would have, like, done some good. Yeah, yeah. Like, like okay, I'm going to quit doing that. No, nah, it did no fucking good. I'm going to stop doing this. This is crazy. <laughs> this is fucking psychotic yeah. people. But everybody should do it once, right? No, I fuck. I was telling my I was telling my wife this. And she's going to this two week survival. Oh, there you go. She's going to this two week survival school where she's like going out because it's like, hey, you gotta like dig deep in any scenario. When right. You have to like dig deep, and I don't believe like races and things like that. There's artificiality that's uh, that's like imposed on those things. Where when you're alone in the mountains and you have nothing but fucking miles of real estate in front of you. And like, you're also in a lot of fucking pain. And there's and nobody like, coming to your rescue. There's nobody coming. Yeah. There's nobody coming. Yep. You're alone. It's dark. Like that's the other thing. When people are like, they're never in the dark. Right. And it's like, dude, I spent more fucking time hiking in the goddamn dark. There's a lot of people afraid, afraid of the dark. The there's a lot of people. <clears throat> a lot of them. And I love it. Thousand percent correct. There's a there's a ton of people that are. Yeah. afraid of the dark yeah. and it's amazing you've never it's seen awesome. the stars until you're out in the freaking nope. back country and it, how many times at three in the morning me, staring up at the sky me, yeah exactly let me tell yep. you like let me let me paint this this picture for you guys all right good spur spur leading up to a ridge line ridge line leading up to your fucking place where you're going whatever it is right that's your path you're like i'm gonna fucking take this to this to this to this and then like work my way around because you can see the lines. Yeah. Right? And you know that it's like relatively open. You know you're going to be able to get there. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. Like, I got like four hours of work. I know how much work I got to do, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. But you're like, but you're also going to, you're not going to be like grinding the entire time. You're like, oh, I'm going to fucking like move a half hour. I'm going to sit. Sit for like, a while. Yeah. 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 Enjoy like, it. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah. Because the fucking stars are out. Like, it's beautiful. It's fucking like things are. Things are changing and, and it's amazing. Right, right. It's quiet. Like right. you can, or maybe there's like a big badass full moon and like how yeah. fucking awesome. Yeah. That's like, the, that's the best. It's the best. Yeah. That's like last night Dirk killed that bull. Oh yeah. And I, you know, I was telling our guide, I was like, you're probably going to have to tell me to get the fuck out of the way. Cause I'm going right. to be right in the middle of that motherfucker. Blood's going to be flying. Yeah. Shit's going to be on. Like that's what we live for. Yeah. Yeah. After that fucking yeah. shot, breaking that you thing know, down, it's dark. It up. We got our headlamps on. We're breaking this. It's a labor of love. We're packing that some bitch out. We got blood running down our ass crack. That's what we fucking live for, right? Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. So, here a few years ago, I killed this bull, and it was a little bit. It's probably an hour before dark, right? An hour and a half before dark. And I kill it. I get over there. I was like, I'm in deep trouble. I'm by myself. And <laughs> yeah, you sent me a text. I remember that. It, it's, I'm in a bad place. I'm, I'm on the river. Bad, I'm like, he's I'm over on the Joe. Place. I'm like, fuck. You're up do you want me to Joe? drive around and yeah. fucking help you? He's like, nah. I so I put my truck, It's there's a foot of snow, and it was so damn steep, I had oh, to use shit. trekking poles to like, I'd, I'd sink one, and then my foot would slide to and hit it. 
and then I'd sink another one. And this is how I got down to where this bull's bugling, right? I get down in there. Now where I killed him, the snow had melted, but call this big sucker in. I shoot him. I'm like, man, I'm in trouble. I'm like, well, what do you do? How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. So I start cutting. I break him down, get him in bags. It's I got him all all bagged up. I'm like, all right, cool. It's time, and it's dark. Like, and I don't usually turn on my headlight until it's too dark to see. It's right. like, okay, it's dark now. Grab, start looking for my headlamp. All my flashlights and headlamps are in my truck, <laughs> and it's it's nasty, slick, treacherous country. I got my cell phone, and it's got like twenty percent battery left. Solid. I'm like, I'm not going anywhere tonight. So luckily, you know. Years of elk hunting, you know, smart. I've got, I'm, I'm wearing like rain gear right now. Like, you know, cause it's been nasty. Right. I got rain gear. I got a puffy jacket. I got stuff to build a fire. I'm gonna have to stay the night in the woods. You know, was it comfortable? It was super uncomfortable. Was I scared? No, no, but it was about that steep. And the only, the flattest place I could find was behind this giant hemlock tree. And it was just a little bit of a little dip there. So I right. got my trekking pole and dug out. A little bit more real estate right. where I could set, and I dug out a spot where I could kind of build a fire, but I didn't build a fire till about one o'clock in the morning, because once you build a fire, you got to tend the fire, and I don't want to deal with that all night long. It's, it's like a, it's a fucking chore, right? So I sat there, I just kind of sit there against the tree, I get cold, and I get up and do calisthenics, and when uh, I, <laughs> I remember new jumping jacks, or what? Well, I, I do yeah, I do squats and like do you know some just stuff to, to get stay the, warm, just right? to get the blood flowing. Yeah, yeah. And I remembered um, my mom had told me a story that you told her about when you were in basic, I think, and and you guys were really cold and you're like flexing your muscles and you'd like release and flex and just to try to keep right, warm, right, right. right? And I'm like, all right, I got to do that. And so I was doing some of my Evan Hafer flexes. I was doing some squats. I was doing some, just some things to keep the blood flowing, keep warm. Cause I didn't want to fuck around with the yeah. fire. Finally at one o'clock, I'm like, all right, you gotta have a fire. I gotta have a fire. Yeah. So I build, I build this fire and it's a goddamn yeah. steep as the fire burns. My damn firewood starts rolling down the so, hill. It's, it's that steep. And I'm like, God damn it. So, Anyway, all night long, finally the dawn comes. I'm exhausted. You're fucking smoked. I'm smoked. Throw a load of meat on and then pack it out. So I got two more days of packing after that. What do you do? Do, uh, you, do you phone a friend? What, well, I remember getting a text from you. Yeah. Lifeline. I'm like, fuck, I'll drive clear yeah. around. It's probably like five hours. Yeah. It's like, no, nah, I got it. Yeah. I'm, yeah the, the problem is, like, yeah. if I wait around for him for five hours, then oh, yeah. I could have had most a lot more packed out. I mean, you just sure. just dig in, yeah, adversity, right? Just dig in, put your head down, work, got it done. But anyway, back to your point of like people being afraid of the dark. I a lot of people haven't got comfortable with being uncomfortable. What you just explained to me would literally be the hardest thing anyone would have ever accomplished in their psychological and physical lives. Yeah, Derek. What he just explained to you as a hobby, as a fucking recreational enthusiast, would that be the physically the most difficult thing you would have ever accomplished in your life? Yeah. And I prepare every time I go to do the same thing right. because I, I want to be prepared and ready. I might kind of look forward to doing it again. I mean, it sucked. 
No, it's hard. But, but I would do it again yeah. in a heartbeat. Like, would not even worry, you know. People like, my wife's like, oh, my God, I'd be so weird, like, scared, like, something would get me or whatever. I'm like, I, I had a pistol. Yeah. I mean, if somebody tried to eat me, I'd just shoot it. Nothing. Like, but nothing's yeah. going to try to eat you. Nothing. Like, that's the other thing. It's like, no. nothing's going to try to eat you. Two-legged tre- creatures are Yeah, those, those are the ones that are dangerous. Right. Yeah, right. Like, right. I have to explain that to people all the time. I'm like, yeah. Did you get sleep under a tree in the middle of nowhere? Like, yeah. I had this conversation not so long ago. Because we were sleeping on the beach in the North Fork. Yeah. And kids are out in the open sleeping on pads and right. rest right. and sleeping bags. I'm like, yeah. My wife's like, you don't think they need to be in like a tent? I'm like, why? Is there mosquitoes or something? <laughs> Let them see the stars. Yeah. Like, Let them see the moon. She's from Denver. She doesn't know. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, that's cool. I'm like, that's cool. But like, I don't know how many times in my life, like countless, I've been out at night and like I worked at night. Like that's what I did. Like I worked at night in the desert, you know, and I don't know how many times countless I would see the sun coming up after like a long night of work where like I'm physically exhausted, you know, things are going to get fucking hot and I need to go to bed. Like I'm fucking smoked and I love the night. Like I take my kids out. So I purposely take my kids out in the evenings because I love the evenings. Like, mm-hmm. I love the stars. Yeah. I love the way, especially when you got, you know, when it, depending on the loom, it can be amazing. Oh, absolutely. You can see everything. It's oh, like, yeah. you, you can, it, you, you can. can see everything. You it's can. Amazing. You yeah. turn your headlamp off. You can you, walk any exactly. backcountry trail or yeah. You can see yeah. everything. You like the, 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 the ground, like, starts to lighten up you, you have to turn that headlamp off to. and give your eyes a little yeah. a yep. minute to adjust and it's yeah. a whole Boom. new world of beauty. yeah and you don't get that opportunity in modern society to no. do any of those things yeah if you have a forcing function to be in the middle of the the the, the woods at mm-hmm. night on a fucking ridge or even in the deepest darkest fucking holes it's still cool yeah, it's it is awesome it's fucking awesome and when you sit there and it's quiet. It's a different. It's a. You just it's, hear it's, the crickets, or yeah, yeah. Whatever. It's it's different. It's like yeah. it's a different sound. It's a different vibration than what it is in the day. The day seems loud, right? It, it seems loud and kind of like full chaotic, right? At night, when you're in the fucking woods, you're like. The cool thing about a different. night is your other senses kick in. You can hear shit that you never hear during yeah. the day. You could smell shit that you never hear. Or smell during the day, right? Because you're you can't see very yeah. well, so your yeah. other senses kick in. And there's probably it's it's primal, right? Yeah. Or, you know, yeah. you, you, it's by design. You know, yeah. as night falls, your senses become more awake. Yeah, I'm a timber cruiser. I timber cruise for ten years. I still do it on the weekends and shit. Really? Sometimes, yeah. And so I'm in the woods constantly. Yeah. My wife's like, aren't you afraid of like the cougars and the wolves? Or what? I'm like, man, if them fuckers wanted to eat me, I'd have been fucking pile of shit a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 Seriously. Dude, yeah. If they were out there to kill me, I'd have been a pile of fucking dog shit a long time ago. Like we, I did this fucking, I did this thing a long time ago. It's like early on in my career. I was out in the swamps and I, I took this helicopter out in the middle of the, the, like literally Louisiana South Swamp. And there I I flew in and there's a river going to ten knots. It's fucking fast. And we pushed boats into the water. And we got in the boats and we drove them up river 
And then we walked through the swamp. But as we're driving up the river, there's like, I was looking through, you know, MVGs off the boat, and there's like all these like, like lights that were glowing about this far apart. Fucking crocodiles. Yeah. 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 And then then you get into the swamp, and the swamp is fucking dark. It's dark and it's murky and it's it's fucking scary yeah coming from idaho it's yeah yeah yeah, we're not used to that shit no fucking no no. (laughs) and like get off our boats we scuttle our boats we get into the swamp and we're walking through the the swamp at night for 10 kilometers oh wow holy fuck no it ain't it ain't no joke it's not it's not easy no, it, 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 it's not only not easy, but it's this fucking is a, scary. A training as fuck. mission. Yeah, it's scary. It's just training. Yeah, it's just training. We're, yeah. We don't have to. I mean, it's training. Yeah. And then we live there in the swamp for another week. Yeah. Like sleeping, like you you just described. Yeah. Getting up, doing reconnaissance, doing like all the things that we do. But like, bro, if I wouldn't have been forced into that situation, there's no fucking way. I would know it wasn't fun. (laughs) It wasn't fun at all. Yeah. I mean, there were times when you're like, because when we did our, what's called the infill, you know, full, beautiful alume, because you kind of plan it around those things you can see and you're not using, you don't use a light. You're walking by moonlight. Right. You walk by moonlight. You use a map and a compass and navigating through the swamp with a night, with a fucking map and a compass. I'm telling you, here to tell you, it is a nightmare. I bet it is hard because it's, fucking flat everything looks the fucking same yeah yeah it's the same yeah and then as you're going through because you're using game trails well what do you think fucking positions for ambushes on game trails right fucking gators oh yeah so you're using game trails because you're like oh this is a fucking clear path man let's walk on this <laughs> dude it's it's crazy and but i but but that context like that that like hey i have this like binding element of my dna where i'm like hey i i know what it's like in the in, at night in the swamp sleeping on the ground in your fucking clothes walking for miles carrying a hundred fucking pounds on your back dude i would never trade that experience for anything no it gives you it gives you freedom it gives freedom. you it gives you confidence to do anything anything you're not scared anything i'm not scared like i if it, it Somebody dropped yeah. me in the middle of wherever I, I, and that's, that's the other psychological benefit to whatever it is that, it, that we like collectively have done is like give confidence. You're like, I don't give a fuck. I've been here before. Yeah. 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 It's like, like if somebody was like to drop us off in the mountains, like 10 miles that way. Yeah. Like, what do I got to walk? Right. Like, so that's the, the <laughs> biggest problem I have is I got to go on a hike. Like, yeah. Fuck off. Yeah. Right. One foot my wife's always, wow. my wife's always like, what if you get lost? You can't get fucking lost. You can't get lost. No. And that river con- where we hunt. Yeah. You can't you, get lost. You can't get lost. You can't get what lost. What do you mean you can't get lost? Well, I know where every fucking river drains. I know where every ounce of water fucking ends up. I haven't been up there like on a regular basis for years. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, like, if you drop me off in like the Mallard Larkin, boom, you're gonna or, look and go, okay, here's where I'm fucking at. <laughs> here's where yeah. I am. Okay, this is where I got to go to hit fucking, yeah. you know, twelve or whatever it is. Yeah. Like, okay, I got to go this way. I know there's gonna be more logging roads this way or whatever it is. It's yeah. not. There is no such thing as lost. No, it doesn't nope. exist. You might get turned around. Yeah. Yeah. Right. In foggy right. day or whatever, you can't tell which way is fucking up. You, yeah. you may get turned around. You'll get turned but around, but you'll find lost. your way. Yeah, yes, you sir. find a river. Yes, Once you find a river, you're like, oh, I'm good. Yep. 
Like, okay. Yep. So you go to a drainage, go to another drainage, go to another drainage. Like, okay, great. I'm out of here. Like, it's fucking easy shit. Yep. Like, that's like the beautiful thing about where we're at. I used to always think about that. I was like, man, wouldn't it be rad to fight a war up there? Where we knew it. Right. It's on your <laughs> turf. Yeah, on it's on your ground. Can you imagine yeah. like, some dude dropping oh, into the middle fucked. of the, the middle of the North Fork? <laughs> some fucking dudes jumping into the middle of like the North Fork trying to fight a war. Like right. it would be so fucked. Yeah, they would be <laughs> so fucked. Yeah. <laughs> like, what do we oh do? Oh my god. What do we do? They're like they're scared of everything. They yeah. don't know any of the terrain. Oh, like fuck. Oh my god. You'd be like, ah, we're yeah, just Yeah, the wolves here. are fucking howling. Yeah. yeah. Are there, are there grizzly bears? Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like oh, all the shit. soldiers, the conscript army would be like, oh, my God, what's up here? Are right. there still mammoths? <laughs> There's still moly mammoths? Do they eat people? I don't know. I was fucking walking up a trail one time, and it was probably four in the morning on my way up on an elk hunt. And I'm walking up this fucking trail, and I'm like, fuck, there's a set of eyeballs. Oh, shit, there's another set of eyeballs. Oh, there's another set of eyeballs. There's a fucking pack of wolves. I walk right Shut in the middle the fuck of them. Up, yeah, seriously? I have my headlamp. This is just with my fucking little headlamp yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Right? My gun's in the back of my fucking pack. And uh, I just fucking talked to them. Hey, how's it going? Whatever. They fucking kind of skittled off a little. Yeah, couple yeah, hundred yeah. yards, started howling and shit, whatever. You know, daylight They're came. I dogs. never see them again. But dogs. I don't want fucking Canine. a good elk, elk hunt Canines. by firing off around, you know, in the dark. Oh, but I used but, to have. Uh, yeah, if they wanted to eat you. They, they wanted eat. to have you. Fuck. I've been dog shit a long time ago. I used to have this uh, place out in Colorado, tiny little, like 500 square foot, like cabin. And black bears were there every day, like every day. So you just get used to being around black bears. Like, you just mm-hmm. get used to it. They'd be on the front porch. I'd be packing bags, getting ready to go somewhere. And they'd be I'd like, hey, what's up, man? What are you doing? <laughs> you know, like, or they'd be getting back in the truck. Yeah. Like, like they'd be all, they're oh, all them over fucking the fucking things. Place. They will too. They'll yeah, eat they're, your they're, fucking gas cans. They'll chew off your motorcycle seats. Everywhere. Yeah. All the time. They're just like a nuisance. They're just like a fucking nuisance. And I got to the point where I'm like, hey man, get the fuck out of here. Like you're, you're just kind of irritating me now. You know, like you get to the point where you're like, like black bears are every day, all day, all the time. They're just a nuisance. Yeah. And you know, I would shoot them with my BB gun just yeah. as like an asshole, like just be fun with them. You yeah. know, like shoot them with a pellet gun in their butt. And, uh, <laughs> just as like, and half the time they wouldn't even notice that it was like yeah. registering. So yeah. I'd have to like, <laughs> pump, that, like <laughs> pump it up, you know? And like, I'd blast him with like grizzly, bri- the, you know, the, the grizzly spray. Yeah, the pepper yeah, spray the pepper shit. pepper spray, like it come out. Yeah. And like dudes would be sitting next to my garbage cans that I also had to jerry rig like a thousand times because <laughs> they were in my shit all the time. Uh, and I'd come out and just like dose them with a fucking high grade grizzly spray that you'd get, you know, yeah. those big canisters. Oh, yeah. I just fucking blast them. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I, but they were around the house all the time. Oh, all the time like all the time we fucking time. went camping me and dirt oh, my yeah. son was five yeah fuck it's been 11 years ago <clears throat> i'm running these little fucking pup tents in this campground and we hear this fucking rustling going on we shine lights on the fireplace which is or the campfire which is 10 yards away maybe yeah and the motherfucking bear has our lunch pail <laughs> what <laughs> he's he got my pail? fucking cooler <laughs> 
He's got it in his mouth, carrying it like this yeah. by yeah. the handle. Shut yeah. up! No, no shit. shit. This is no shit. <laughs> every like, every fucking ounce of food that we had. I'm like, hey, put that down. <laughs> and the bear didn't even acknowledge my existence. Wouldn't even look at me. No. I'm like, pack that fucking lunch bell up on the hill. <laughs> We gotta listen to him tear that fucking cooler apart. He tore it apart. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And he ate every fucking bit of everything we had for the weekend. That was oh. all our food. Me and oh, my perfect. son's food. Yeah, perfect. The motherfucker's up there chewing up our lunch pail and shit. And then it was 30 minutes later and he was back. Back at the campfire chewing up lighters and all this other oh, yeah. fucking bullshit. And I remember him walking by our tent like five fucking feet. I had my son next to me. Right. Yeah. And then he went over and you could hear him getting in the fucking... We were in a campground. So you, there was a couple gals just across the way there, maybe 50 yards away. And the motherfucker was getting in their cooler, getting in there, <laughs> eating, eating all their fucking food. But they were yelling at us, thinking we they were thought stealing it was their us. shit. They thought it was us like, getting They were yelling at you guys. Yeah, yeah. Hey, so guys. I hollered back, and I said, it's a motherfucking <laughs> bear. my cooler. Hey, yeah, guys, that's our stuff. <laughs> yeah. I, I told them, it's a fucking bear. It's not, it's not us. We're over here in our fucking tent. Yeah, and we had, I was down in Aquarius one time or wherever, like one of those, like, and we had a fucking black bear in there. <laughs> the same thing. We're like, get the fuck out of here. You know, like annoying, right? Whereas like most people will see a black bear and they're like, ah! oh my God, yeah. like their fucking heads are exploding. Like, oh it's my God, bear. this thing's going to eat me. And it's like, dude, it's not going to eat you. It is a, like, yeah, it, it, it is not. It doesn't no, give a fuck. But if about it decides you. to, it will eat you. Yeah, if it wants <laughs> if it to, to yeah. if it wants yeah. to, it will. Yeah. But ninety nine percent of the time, it's just not. Yeah, you know, no. it's like it's a big fucking, you know, cat. Or I don't yeah, know, like yeah, they'll crawl up on. They got in the back of my dad's pickup one time. We had a couple old motorcycle motorcycles in there, and they chewed. They ate the fucking seats off the bikes. Oh, nice. Chewed up the gas can. <laughs> fucking bear tracks all over the windshield and the hood and everything else. I had a bitch. I had bears get into the back of my Tacoma, and I woke up. I was sleeping, and I was dead, dead asleep. And I heard, wow, 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 wow. And so I was trying to solve my garbage problem because I like I put cross bungees across my the top of my fucking garbage cans, on, and well, then I got like fifty gallon drums, and I I, I tried. I was just trying to keep the bears out of my garbage. So finally, I was like, I'm just going to put them back in the truck. Because I'm like, I'll just fucking haul this shit to the dump. So I put them back in the truck. <laughs> it's a black bear jumping on the back of the bumper up and down trying to get in the back of the truck. And I'm like, I go out there with my, I have like these surefire lights that are like, you know, a million oh, fuck, yeah, or burnt, whatever. Yeah. I'm like, hey, get the fuck out of here, man. I'm trying to sleep. And he's like, oh, hey. What's up, man? And then he like sprints <laughs> off or whatever. I had a dude. I had one of these black bears like my window is in like right next to my bed, and I heard this like this grinding, and it was like the the the, the like sandpaper, yeah, like, like this, yeah. you know. And I'm like wake up out of a sleep, and this fucking black bear because I had my window open, and he was grind. He was like running his claws on the 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 outside of the window the oh, window screen shit. he was just like grinding on it like look like this like grinding on his his, his claws right next to my fucking face Jeez. in bed and i'm like hey man get the fuck out of here <laughs> he's like oh hey 
Sorry, man. I was just like taking a fucking quick trip over here, you know. Like, I, I guess I am leaving, you know. It was awesome. And then he like bolted oh, out. But it was funny because he was like, had this black bear face maybe a foot away from my house, face next to yeah. my bed. And he's just looking at me after I'm like, hey, man, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah. Totally right, man. I gotta leave, you know. Yeah. And then it's like, and then he decided to leave. Yeah, right? them fuckers aren't afraid of anything. They don't when, give a fuck. when they decide, yeah, they don't give a fuck. It's yeah, awesome. that one was like a yogi. Because I remember, like two hours after that bastard got in those ladies' oh, yeah. shit, because they were yelling at us, and I, I hollered at him finally. I said, "That's not us. That's a fucking bear." Yeah. And like two hours later, I could hear people in that fucking clear other side of the campground hollering and yelling. It's like two in the morning, three. Yeah. <laughs> one awesome. reason why they were doing that. Yeah. As that bear was over there, he oh, was yeah. stealing all the fucking. He was getting the next day. Cool. We went up and, and found your cooler, and there was a bunch of other coolers up there. Yeah. Like, yep. It's like he. Oh, that's he, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was a regular yogi offender. Yeah. Oh, that's if great. You will. He was as a learned behavior. Yes. Yeah, learned yeah. behavior. Yeah. Let's go eat. All right. You guys ready? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. This yeah. is the Black Rifle Coffee Podcast. Dirk. Tell them where they can find you. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, The Bugler, one word, uh, Dirk Durham. And, uh, yeah, check it out. Yeah. And you can't find Mark. No, you can't find me. <laughs> Mountain Ambush. Yeah. Mountain Ambush? Deal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mountain yeah, Ambush. Yeah. Mountain so. Ambush. Thanks a lot, guys. Yeah. Black Rifle Coffee Company wants to send off the year with one final epic sale. From December 27th through January 3rd, save up to 70% on select products so you can end your 2022 with some savings. Shop all the best Black Rifle apparel with the patriotic designs you know and love, plus many you haven't seen before. Make saving money on coffee your New Year's resolution by joining the Coffee Club for half off your first month. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com and start the new year right with these epic savings on America's coffee. That concludes today's training. Any questions? Woo! Drum titties, boy!